morning. Weekday mornings beginning at 5.30 on 93.3 at AM 560 KWTO. Listening to Wake Up Springfield with Alex Bryant, Chris Russell, News Director Don Luzader, and Producer Cass Bowen Anderson on 93.3 and AM 560 KWTO. Hey, Alex, don't you have something that you like to say on Wednesday mornings? It's Hump Day! <laughs> Chris, 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 you know what day it is? It's Hump Day! I'm getting trained, buddy. Hump Day. I'm getting trained. Good morning and welcome to September the 6th. It is Wednesday, halfway through the week. Short week for a lot of you. Um, Alex and Don, not so much. You guys were here on Labor Day week, Labor Day as uh, Cass and I were off relaxing a little bit, enjoying the holiday. We proudly labored you while did. you enjoyed your day off. You the, did. He uh, said that's so much more elegant than I could. <laughs> we proudly labored on your like, day off. Like a, that should be a that should be like a, a one liner, like a like a like a meme or something. Like Don Luzader saying that about Labor Day. Okay, so we have. We're just going to get right into it this morning because we have a lot. You are definitely going to want to tune in. If you're driving into work right now, you're going to want to turn on your radio or online, download the app some way, and listen all day today. We have a tremendous amount of information to get to, lots of great intel, lots of things happened overnight. Alex is going to jump into an international story in just a second that is that could impact us pretty big. Uh, we also have Richard Forsyth with us at 735. Now, if you don't know who that is, that is the brother of the Cassville doctor, John Forsyth, who went missing on May 21st and was found eight days later in Beaver Lake. And there's lots of conspiracies, lots of theories about what's going on with that. We're going to have the brother in here at 735 this morning. He has some very good information about what's been going on so far, what him and his family know. It's going to be a compelling story. And again, that's at 735 a.m. Plus some other regular guests. We have Dr. Randy Tobler coming in as well. We have uh, from the Show Me Institute, Brenda Talent. Lots of stuff here, Alex, but something's breaking overnight that you are wanting to talk about internationally, well, too. Well, I'm going to tell you what, even before that, I mean, I'm excited about talking to Richard <sighs> Forsyth. I mean, because I remember when that story was Man. going down a lot of us, there were just so many unanswered questions and you know, in our area, in our community. And so, yeah, excited about that. But um, we woke up today to a definitely a more unstable world. Um, President Biden, his foreign policy is being put to test with North Korea there they're negotiating selling military aid and arms and weapons to, to Russia. And, uh, man, our enemies seem to be aligning against us. And it's most likely because they believe that we are extremely weak. I, I can remember when before President Trump even, you know, was inaugurated, people were saying he's going to he's going to put us in World War Three. He's going to push us into that. And um, he didn't. Obviously, he was strong on the foreign you know, um, policy stage and, um, our adversaries took him serious. He held Putin at bay, um, negotiated and, and met with, um, you know, um, North Korea and, um, man, but you know, this stuff with, with Biden, I mean, Kim Jong-un is expected to visit Russia, um, later next month and meet with president Putin. Putin's already met with, um, China and she, I mean, he's, he's trying to get weapons from anywhere that he can because he's run out of his weapons that they've used in um in the in the war in ukraine and the, the estimates say they've lost up to a half million russian soldiers i mean that's you know un 
substantiated. We don't know exactly. But um, things are unstable, man. And, you know, the White House, you know, they say all they do is they talk. They say, well, this will not reflect well if North Korea does this on the international stage. And and 55% of Americans, they disagree with Biden's handling of foreign policy. We understand why, you know, and it doesn't surprise me. I mean, you know, when he was vice president, he attempted to change foreign policy to put money in his family's pocket. This is this is crazy. And, and of course, it goes back to my favorite subject that I like to talk about, Chris, you know, huh. Biden and the, the Biden family crime syndicate. There's a lot going on. And, and this is just the start. I mean, that's breaking news overnight. We got a huge show that, that we're not even going to dive into that. I mean, we're going to mention it, but that's, well, that's it's, huge. It's unpacking as we go here. But I mean, let me ask you this, Alex, is that. You know, one of the things you and I both had a stance on at one point was, is it right for us to continue to send money to Ukraine in the battle between Ukraine and Russia? Now, we know the the military side of that is, is that we, we heard some opinions. Some of it came out during the debate. Some of it came out before and after the debate was that some of those monies were being used to, you know, obviously we're sending you know bullets over there. We're sending weapons. We're sending missiles. I think we've sent some helicopters and those kind of things. And part of that was if we're allowing Ukraine to battle one of our enemies and maybe, maybe kind of, I forget exactly how we put it back then, but I mean, basically what we're doing is we're weakening the Russian army, weakening Russia by doing that. But now I look at this as that maybe North Korea is, is taking a page out of our playbook. Well, I mean, the enemy of my enemy is also my friend and I think that we've, we're in it too far now. I, at first when we, when this whole thing with Ukraine was going on, I was like, yeah, let's help them. They're the underdog. You know, let's help them defend their country. I didn't think anybody thought it was going to drag out a year and a half. And then it was like, okay, we've given them enough. But then I, I think it was Dr. Tobler that broke it down Might to us or gave mm-hmm. five for one of those that broke it down to us a few weeks back and saying, you know, we're depleting half of the Russian army with only what about 5% of our military budget. That's worth it to me. Was that Dakota Wood? Was that Dakota? I one think of it may guys. have been Dakota. One Bush. of those smart, those guys smarter yeah. than us, you know. So. Well, okay. So if North Korea does the same thing and China does the same thing, are they also carrying out this battle that yeah. we've committed to in Ukraine? And knowing that we can't go backwards now, at least under the current administration, which again, I was yeah. just like you. I was catching some of the late night shows last night, and and we've been saying it for weeks now, weeks since we started the show that. We don't really know who's in charge of the United States of America. I don't believe that it's Joe Biden. I believe that he is out there parading around and saying a few speeches and getting, you know, mis or miscommenting almost every time that he goes out. Dr. Laura Ingram last night, not doctor, but Laura Ingram also was saying finally the same thing. Like, I think you're right. I think they're listening to our show. They're listening to us. I yeah, mean, they, I think they, they get their news from Ka- Wake Up Springfield. Cass probably sends her emails going, hey, listen, this is what Alex and Chris talked about today. I'm on, telling on you, man, we're kind of a big deal. But, you know, <laughs> but, but just to kind of go into what you're saying there, I think that is inevitable. I mean, you have these bad players. Um, China has always been an adversary. Mm-hmm. They've connected with Russia, obviously, mm-hmm. in this. This is something that Russia has done. I mean, Russia's placed themselves out there saying we're willing to go against the big, great evil. Um, Iran's always been against us and fought against us. You know, Russia and Iran's always kind of had, you know, deals there with the nuclear stuff. And so it's just the bad kids that, you know, are, are all going against America, which we represent. I'm not saying that we're the greatest ever. I think that we are the best country around. We're the greatest country. Um, I believe in American exceptionalism, but we've done a lot of good around the world for a long time. And um, we have to use that good um, to to make sure that we stand for freedom. I was thinking about 
the Star Spangled Banner. This morning, I was just like literally singing it in my heart, in my head. And we're the land of the free and the home of the brave, you know. And there's a lot of countries that are free because we have brave people who stand up and do what's right. And I just don't know that Biden's foreign policy is standing up with that strength. These people that have sacrificed so much. 9-11's coming up on Monday. And um, so they're going to be against us anyway. And you know what? They're, they're, they're small players. Um, our, our, if we are strong, that inspires our um, allies to stand up and be strong well, as well. And, and <clears throat> excuse me, we're, we're not seeing that. And can you see our current president of the United States standing up in front of a, a podium right now and denouncing this and, and making a, a bold statement yeah. that's, that's, you know, uh, saying that this is not right, this isn't good for our country. I mean, I, I can't see that. I can't see him doing that and being inspirational with it. Yeah. I could see Donald Trump doing that. That's the thing. You have to have a leader who is who can inspire people, who can go out and give that that that, that speech that makes you want to, to tackle whatever yeah. it is, whether it's a coach, whether it's a leader, whatever. Um, Winston Churchill, mm. you know, George Bush after 9-11, whoever it is. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Ronald Reagan, tear down that wall. So. We need okay. some ins- inspirational leadership, that's for sure. Well, and this may, this may, there may be more information come about this later on this morning. We'll try to dive back into it later on today, but we do have a big show lined up for today. Brendan Talent with the Show Me Institute's here. Dr. Randy Tob- Tob- Tobler will be on the show with us, plus Richard Forsyth, the brother of the Cassfield doctor, um, John Forsyth, who went missing back in May 21st and later recovered in Beaver Lake. We're going to be having a discussion with him, plus, Something we're going to be talking about all morning long that I think is very relevant right now, Alex and I both do, is we're seeing something unfold, and we're calling it, let me find it here, i got to get my exact notes, there it is right there, nope, I lost it, I just lost it, oh no, Alex, I just lost my notes. Well, basically, it's the Democratic Pandemic Playbook for the Democrats to win the election in 2024, the top 10 steps, we're going to break that down all morning long, but right now, let's celebrate what we do have in America, we have our freedom, we have our liberty, we have... Uh, the ability to wake up and go to work and do the things that we want to do in life. And let's celebrate today by the playing of our national anthem. Oh, say, can you see by the dawn's early light what so proudly we held at the twilight's last gleaming Whose broad stripes and bright stars Through the perilous fight O'er the ramparts we watched Were so gallantly streaming And the rocket's red The bumper steed in air through, through the night that our flag was still there. Oh, say, does that star spangled bear? 
93.3 and AM 560. The biggest thing is an escalation of rhetoric. KWTO. You're listening to Wake Up Springfield with Alex Bryant, Chris Russell, News Director Don Luzader, and Producer Cass Bowen-Anderson on 93.3 and AM 560 KWTO. Every fantasy football team owner who's waking up this morning or heard the news last night who drafted Travis Kelsey in the first, second, or third rounds, Alex, they're freaking out right now. Yes, they are. Let alone the Kansas City Chiefs, you know, the actual team. It's just, this is more important. It's more important to talk about fantasy football, I think. I think that's where the world's at right now. It's like, I, who cares? No, I'm teasing. I I'm mean, teasing. Okay, so it is huge. I, I'm going to give huge. you the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to give you because you're such a loyal fan, because every day it seems we get to talk about the Bears. The other day Go you Bears. come in with a helmet, you come in with uh, the jersey. And, and, uh, it's America's team, it's, baby. Speaking of the Bears thing that you say, I found out where you got that. Oh, no. I had no idea what that was a reference to. <laughs> and I saw this video somewhere <laughs> that yeah. these like guys from the 80s were yeah. sitting around Norm and being like, and the, the Bears. The Bears. Yeah, I was like, Dicka, oh, baby Dicka. Okay, Dicka versus a dinosaur. Remember that? <laughs> Is it baby Dicka or real full-size Dicka? <laughs> All right, I got a gift for you, man. I was going through some stuff the other day, and I pulled some things out for you, man. Listen, I'm giving these... And I want you to tell the audience what I'm handing you right now, but this is for you because you're such an old school Bears what? fan. What's I'm going to some... give these to you. Tell them Ooh. what I just handed you over the. Are over you the... serious? Yeah, look at look at some Dude, of the. the look... He gave me some cards. The first one's Walter Payton. Come on, man. Wait, you're saying now, now listen, these are, this isn't these one are of these. Yours. These are mine. These I'm giving. Like these I don't to have you. to give these back. No, these are for you like, to enjoy, to share with your kids, and say, oh. hey, here's the old school guys. Tell them Dude, who you got. All man. these are Walter Payton. You're giving away this many Walter Paytons, bro. The greatest running back in NFL history. Come on, who else is in there, man? We got Walter Payton. We have Neil Anderson. Oh, yeah. Oh, Steve McMichael. Oh, dude, he just. Come on. Yeah, Keep on going. Steve, Keep telling the Steve audience. McMichael. They don't know what you're looking at. The refrigerator. At. William the Refrigerator. Perry's in there. We got Richard Dent, Hall of Famer. Now, now there's a big controversy between the fridge and Walter Payton. Remember that? Yeah. It was a Super Bowl, Super Bowl 1985. Who got, who got the touchdown? Who got the, they put it. Walter where, Payton was hurt. Did all the work, yeah, and then they that. put the fridge in. I mean, you know, you know, coach was out. It to, he was he was playing the to win the game, but I do get it because I mean, Walter Payton is Walter Payton. Can you sing the song still? We are the Bears, shuffling crew, shuffling on down, <laughs> doing it for you. We're so bad, you know, we're good. Bring it on down to your neighborhood. You know what was the other, what was the other one? They call me sweetness, and I like to dance. And that and that what the Walter Payton. Walter Payton yeah, yeah, there's some good players some in there, man. There's, oh, there's some McMahon. old school, man. You I got McMahon, the greatest Bears quarterback with the worst numbers ever. But he's still all of <laughs> the headband. Remember that headband? Oh yeah, you the Kevin oh, yeah. Butler's in here. This is a good card. Erlacher. Come on. You went old school, new school. Singletary. Dude, the Bears are known for some some um linebackers. You gotta admit that. Oh yeah, absolutely. We got like how many Hall of Fame linebackers? I think that we have the most defensive players in the Hall of Fame. Singletary's coaching now, man. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there it is. Oh, she found it. Yeah. Let it let it ride for a minute. Dude, you got Mike Singletary on the Pro Bowl over this here. This is it. After tomorrow, when the NFL season starts, you will not hear me compliment the Bears the rest of the season. You know, shuffling through. You know you love the Bears. Doing it for you. We're so bad. You know we're good. 
Bring it, bro. Bring your neighbor. Oh, yeah. That's for you, my that's friend. That's good, man. Thanks but for this. Yeah, that's gift right fun. here. That is, man. That's for you. That's my birthday. To, to, no, that's just uh, in honor of our partnership and, and you putting up with me for about a month and uh, so far. Oh, that, that's that's for you, man. I, I, you, I got friend. a bunch of football cards, baseball cards, and, and those are the ones that, you know, they're they're worth more to a, a major fan than they are to me, and I wanted to give those to you. And, I appreciate it, man. Yeah, it's cool, my man. son Josh and I are starting to collect together. He's gonna love these. Yeah, that's good, man. It's old school stuff, man. It's fun to go back and, and look at the vintage stuff. Well, we do have the NFL kicking off. All right, I mean, every week we're going to be talking a little bit about football. We have to. I mean, have you to. just do because we're men. That's right. That's what we do. We <laughs> were sitting around in in the backyard having a barbecue. Man, we're talking football this time of year, whether it's high school football or college football. And so we got some games lined up, man. Week one's two days away. And did you know, and you've said this before about the fantasy football, it's like $18 billion a year. It's ridiculous. I mean, it's, we had our third fantasy football draft last night, the sleeper in one of the leagues with our family and stuff. And um, so, yeah, I mean, $18 well, billion. I've got one. We were supposed to have it last night. We had to make a, a quick change, and we're going to have one more tonight. This one that I'm doing tonight is kind of fun. I've got two leagues that I'm in that are 12, 12 players. You know, it's kind of fun. But me and a couple of guys – since about 2003, we've had lunch at least once or twice, sometimes three times a month since 2003. We, we don't really hang out um, on the weekends. We don't do things with our families, but we've just become these guys that get together. We talk about politics. We talk about football. We talk yeah. about life, and we just have lunch. And we actually have a league, and we, we added one of the guys' the son to make it a, a round number. Yahoo allows you to have a league with just four players. Really? Uh-huh. It's kind of fun. So you can just do four guys. Wow. And you're battling each other out all year long. Dude, you talk about, you, you feel Points. like, you feel really good about your draft when you get done with a draft I with mean, just I four guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, what, what we do is we limit the roster spots to just 13 so that people can't sandbag players, you know, so you've got to work the free, you know, the free agent market a little okay. bit. Um, but we do that, but we're having, we're going to have our draft tonight and then that'll be the last one that I'm in. But that one's kind of unique because again, it's just four people in the league, and you feel really good about your team. That's and like an all-star team, bro. It kind of is. and But that's why we limit the roster, too, though, yeah. so that you're not sitting there with two great quarterbacks, five running backs. You know, I mean, you're you're having yeah. to limit how many players you can keep on the yeah. bench. So we'll do that tonight. But all right, man, I mean, we got, we got the game stacked up here. Here's what I love about this time of year when it comes to football season. And and I like baseball, too. And in October, baseball is pretty cool when you get it, especially when the Cardinals or Royals are in. But, you know, if the Cardinals and Royals aren't in, I'm not always as interested in, in October baseball. But, you know, football, man, we start out nowadays, we start out Thursday night football with, you know, the NFL. And then we roll into, you know, another American tradition in which you and I both appreciate Friday night high school football, right? Absolutely. I mean, that is a... Rite of passage in America. Absolutely, how baby. Many, how many books and how many movies have been made about Friday Night Football? How many TV Friday Night series? Lights. I mean, yeah. how many men have been, you know, that's when boys have been called out to become men. Yeah. And how many great things have they done for our country because of sports? I mean, they're not just football, but sports. Yeah. That's the beauty of sports. I mean, it teaches you things like dedication, teamwork, commitment, you know, um, sacrifice. Well, that Friday night football also provides atmospheres for cheerleading groups, for you know dance teams, obviously for the band. You're a band parent and a football parent, um, so it's just kind of a neat tradition. Then we roll into college game day, baby. You know, it's like where's ESPN going to be at on Saturday? What big stadium are they going to be showcasing? I got a chance to go to one of those one time. You ever been to a college no, game day? No, that would be cool. To oh go man, it was down at the Alamo. We went down to see Mizzou and OU. Okay. This has been years ago. I, I don't 
and I haven't been in a long time. I was younger back then too. We took the road trip to go watch Mizzou play OU in the Big Twelve Championship down at San Antonio. That'd be cool. Watch game day at the Alamo, man. That was wake up and you're at the Alamo watching college game day. It was pretty yeah, cool. That would be cool. So. Big games, just, and then we turn right around. We got Sunday football, and then sometimes we even have a great Monday night football. So it's a my favorite game of the week is Sunday night football. I love Sunday night football. Yeah, I do like Sunday night. I. I don't like it when football's on every night of the week, though. I'm gonna be honest with you, because it's just too much. It makes me want to watch it too much, and then you know, <laughs> and then that's bad. Work, but let guys. me just ask you this: You're a Cowboys fan. I'm a Bears fan. Neither one of us are Chiefs fans. But you going with the hometown team this Thursday? Oh yeah, I go Chiefs. Chiefs my number two backup, man. Right. I like them. They, hey, they do the good Lions are gonna. The Lions are gonna do some stuff. We'll, we'll see. see what happens. All right, coming up on six o'clock, it's time for a news and weather update with Don Luzier. Human trafficking is occurring right here in Missouri. You can help combat it. By learning the signs of human trafficking and reporting suspicious activity to law enforcement, victims may appear malnourished, show signs of mental or physical abuse, or avoid social interaction. If you're a victim or know someone who needs help, contact the National Human Trafficking Hotline at 1-888-373-7888 or text 93.3 and AM 560. It is a full corruption. We need to get rid of It's time for today. W-T-O away! One! Well, you know who spends a lot of money in our local economy, and that is students. And kids, they have money, they at least some of them do. Anyway, so Missouri State University set two new records on opening day in August. The university opened its first day of classes with its largest increase. This is first time new in college students ever. The incoming new students increased by 17.9%. That's a big growth rate. And that was a total of 2,685. Last year's class only included first-time new students of 2,103. Also a new record is the graduate program. Uh, the students' enrolled was up 4%. That's to 4,288. President Cliff Smart said, We made some big changes this year to make Missouri State more accessible and affordable for students. The Most State Access Award allows our undergraduate students with greater financial need to attend the university and pay no tuition and fees. Together, we're shaping a future that's promising for all. So, good news for Missouri State and our downtown economy. Two! Well, it looks like it could just be old age after all. The attending physician of the Capitol is ruling out seizure, stroke, or other movement disorders after Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell had um, some difficulty speaking during a press conference in Kentucky last week. He says, quote, my examination of you following your August 13th, 2023 brief episode, <laughs> including several mm-hmm. medical evaluations. They did an MRI and EEG and consulted several neurologists, apparently, um, and did a comprehensive neurology assessment. They said that there's no evidence that he has a seizure disorder or he experienced a stroke or anything like parkinson's disease so mr mcconnell it looks like you may just be getting Cass, old yes i think they just reset the ai chip inside of him i think that's what they did sure yeah three hey although the bud light boycott rages on it seems not everyone has lost hope in the beer's ability to rebound business magnet tycoon philanthropist whatever you want to call him bill gates through the bill and melinda gates foundation trust acquired 1.7 million shares of Bud. The shares are currently valued at approximately $95 million. 
Good Lord. I have one share of Bud Light. Oh, that's a lot of money right there. (laughs) (laughs) But investing in Anheuser-Busch during this um, downturn signifies um, confidence in the beer's company ability to overcome its challenges and regain market value for someone like Bill Gates. The investment may reflect a long-term perspective, um, suggesting that he sees potential in Bud and that he's not ready to give up on him yet. So Gates admits that he's not a big beer drinker. But he also and also invested nine hundred million in Heineken um, stock um, right at the beginning of this controversy a few months ago. So I'm sure that Anheuser Busch hopes this vote of confidence will help them rebound and turn the ship around. They also recently launched the largest ever NFL ad campaign to hopefully appeal to their true base once again. We'll see what's up with Bud Light. Io Silver, away! Don't ever do that again. Sorry. So my question for you guys is, is it too little, too late for Bud Light? What do you think, Chris? Uh, I, I, don't, I don't think so. I, I, I don't think it's too late. I think that they're, I, I, just, I just think that that empire is way too big. And I think that, yes, they made a marketing mistake, a, a tragic marketing mistake. I don't know that the long-term implications will will affect it. I think they can weather the storm. They have a lot of other brands that can carry them. So when you're buying, you're not buying Bud Light stock. You're buying InBev stock, right? So he's buying the InBev company, not not necessarily just Bud Light. Bud Light doesn't yeah. have its own private trading right. you know, stock. So it's going to be InBev. Or I think do you have it in the list there? I think you do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, Anheuser Busch. Anheuser Busch. Yeah. InBev. So. So that's what he's buying. He's not buying just necessarily Bud Light. So yeah, I think it could be still be a good investment. Yeah, you know, I I, I hadn't tasted beer since I was probably about a sixteen, seventeen year old person. So I don't I don't know, but I would think that if you can get the NFL crowd to come back, I can imagine, you know, people they run some good deals. You know, you got people coming over. You're just going to grab some cheap beer, whatever you're going to grab it. And if you get the NFL crowd to come back, you might be able to make well, it. Well, I don't know necessarily it's that. It's a lot of times it's, you know, these, these stadiums, they have exclusive rights with a distributor, right? So that distributor is going to have, you know, only a certain kinds of beers or, or even, even Coca-Cola or Pepsi beverages. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It's not like when you go to the stadiums, a lot of times you either have Coke products or you have Pepsi products, yeah. right? And so that's what you're going to find. So with the lack of choice, I mean, this is what your your choices are. I mean, most of the time, they're going to have some sort of craft beer. They're going to have some sort of, you know, like a a, a, a lemony flavor type beer. Then they're going to have their lagers, which is typically your your lighter beers like Bud Light. Or, or it could be the other distributors. It could be Miller Light. It could be, you know, so those are the two big rivals. Yeah. So it just kind of depends on the deals that the stadiums already have in place. Kind of crazy. Um, I thought it was interesting as well. Um it, it, this story reminded me or caused me to look up Bill Gates port, stock portfolio. So he has like 23 stocks in the Bill and Melinda Gates foundation, um, their trust. Obviously Microsoft is number one. I think they have like 30% of their, um, their funds are in there, but Burke, Berkshire Hathaway, you know, that's Warren Buffett's mm-hmm, company. Mm-hmm. I thought that was interesting too, because a couple of years back, remember Bill Gates started the billionaire pledge where he tried to get convince them to give away like most of their money. And, um, Warren Buffett gave him like thirty billion to give away, and so <laughs> that's a lot of money to control. Mm, this is almost uh, as much money as you have invested in stocks, uh, Alex. Yeah, I mean, are you counting like your percentage of like you know? Yeah, exactly. Like, Look out dollars, big boy. So that's a lot of money. Here's here's what would be interesting. You know, there I have never ever heard of any business who has run a marketing campaign that said we were wrong. But if there ever was one, this would be. 
I think, one that would actually help them. If they just admitted we were wrong. Give us another chance. We saw saw back in the 80s, Coca-Cola, New Coke, and then coming back. Okay, that's one. I do remember that. That's kind of one. Yeah. 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 I mean, they came out because of the, well, part of that was their their copyright on the recipe or something like that. I can't remember all the details on the story. New Coke was not good. No, it was horrible. And they said, whoops, we messed up, so we're bringing back Coca-Cola Classic, which eventually just became Coke again. Coke. Yeah. Yeah. No, that is true. I remember that. Yeah. But you're right, though, Don. They just have to come out, hey, we were wrong. Football players, football fans, give us a chance. Yeah. Can we get, please, baby, baby, give us a chance. Like, maybe they should, like, enlist some old school R&B song. Baby, 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 we were wrong, baby. Give us another chance. <laughs> That's our best. Uh, we'll that or bring out. back those old classic commercials uh, where they walk into the bar and say, give me a light. And then all these bells oh, and whistles and lights yeah. start going off, and then like Bud Light. Well, that was a Miller Light commercial, I think. That was Bud Light. Was it Bud Light? Yeah, okay. Give oh, me a light. Was. Yeah, Bud Light. that's right. There you go. All right, listen up. Seven thirty-five this morning. We're going to have Richard Forsyth in studio with us, and he is the brother of the doctor from Cassville, John Forsyth, who uh, went missing May twenty-first in Cassville. Later discovered eight days later in Beaver Lake. There's some updates to the story about what's going on with that ongoing investigation. We're going to uncover that at seven thirty-five this morning. Coming up next, mask mandates are back. And believe me, I believe it's part of a massive plan. We're going to talk about what's happening in Maryland next, right here on Wake Up Springfield. Traffic from the KWTO Traffic Center. Well, watch for some big slowdowns this morning on James River Freeway. We told you about that road work that was going to be getting underway this week. On my way in this morning, headed uh, headed eastbound on James River Freeway from Kansas Expressway all the way to just before you get to National you're going to be directed into that far left lane. That is a lane that I'm winning by a lot. 93.3 and AM 560. That's why I listen to KWTO. Nice throw. How's the weather? How's the weather? How's the weather today? I think the weather's going to be a lot nicer than last night when we had storms move through the area. Jeff from AccuWeather joining us this morning. Uh, good morning, sir. Good morning. How's it going? It's going wonderful. We did have some storms move through uh, the Ozarks last night, but really uh, most of the area didn't get it pretty bad. Uh, there were some areas southeast of Springfield uh, where we had a couple severe thunderstorm warnings, but uh, that's in the process, uh, I guess, of pushing out of the area altogether. Uh, yeah, pretty much at this point, uh, most of the, any rain showers and storms are now into northeastern Arkansas, getting into Tennessee shortly. And then, if you can believe me on this, Don, it goes all the way up to the Great Lakes, up into the upper mi- peninsula of Michigan. That's how long wow. this front is. I can but believe it. There are breaks. So it goes from Missouri or Arkansas, nothing until you get to about uh, central Illinois, and then nothing over uh, Lake Michigan. <laughs> I, I know my Great Lakes. I grew up around that region. I uh-huh. should know it. <laughs> you should, yes. <laughs> so I guess uh, it's uh, leaving behind uh, fairly calm weather for a couple of days here. Fairly calm, but unfortunately, we have to deal with wildfire smoke once again from Canada uh, being ushered in behind the front that uh, pushed through bringing us that weather. So we do have hazy skies that are expected for about the next 48 hours, and there could even be a little bit that gets down to the surface, so there could be some uh, reductions in air quality. Just keep that in mind if you're sensitive to that. Uh, limit your time outdoors if you do start to you know feel that. But otherwise, yes, it is much more pleasant weather because 
you know, going from 92 to our high of 84, that's almost a 10 degree change. It's going to be a nice day with that partly sunny sky. And then a few clouds linger tonight too at a low of 62. And then look at this. We got 80s all the way through the weekend. We're going to be at 87 tomorrow with sunshine again, hazy because of the wildfire smoke. Uh, Friday through the weekend, we'll see maybe a cloud or two on Friday, 84. And then it's 87 to 85. No mention of the H word, humidity. <laughs> I love that, Jeff. Uh, that's music to my ears. And I guess really not a lot of rain in that period either, huh? Correct. No rain at all until we get to uh, potentially Monday when we have our first chance of uh, some showers. And that's going to start in the afternoon, get a little bit more steady as you head into the evening and overnight. What are our attempts going to do as we head into next week? There's a 70. Huh? Hey, I was asking you for a 70 yesterday. You got one for me I know me you were, and I, I was holding on to kind of the hope that summer really wasn't going to go anywhere. <laughs> um, but now we have thrown 70s in. As a matter of fact, because of those showers coming through on Monday, it's going to be cooling us off to 71 Tuesday. 71 for a high temperature. Yeah. Hello, Which, fall. By the way, that, that's, uh, what, 14 degrees below the average normal. So, yeah. Well, hey, and you think that pattern might uh, continue or as you look ahead? For a little bit, yes. Um, In general, there is rebounding that's going to occur. You know, we'll see it go back up back into the 80s or something like that. But um, 90s, I don't want to say they're completely done because I've seen it happen. And we're in that kind of El Nino, actually kind of what is known as a super El Nino. So could we see the 90s return? Absolutely. Will we? To be determined. <laughs> hey, nothing on the long range is showing it yet. Maybe we're at least done with heat advisories and excessive heat warnings for the year. I would, I would say so with pretty good confidence on that. Yeah, hey, there you go. We're going to hold you to it now. We're going to make oh, sure shoot. we hold you to it there, <laughs> Mister Jeff. Hey, th- thank you. Not too bad of a forecast overall, and uh, we'll check in with you again tomorrow and see if there's any changes. All right, sounds good. You take care. All right, Jeff from AccuWeather. Dare he say it? Seventies by early next. How about that Friday night football weather? That's gonna be nice. Yep, I think it'll be really nice for. I love the seventies. I mean, I'm I'm glad he said that. I mean, those nineties though, Don. I can do without those. (laughs) I can do without the. We've really had. It seems like an oppressive summer for heat and humidity, doesn't it? Yes, indeed. Oh goodness! Last night, the the storms last night came through, and the rain and. Um, our power actually went out for just a yeah. little second or so there. I was expecting one of those little jabroni kids to come upstairs and say, what's going on here? So, but anyway, <laughs> never happened. So that's a good deal. So they're back to school. And uh, speaking of back to school, Maryland, a Mar- public school in Maryland, um, an elementary school, they are reinstating the COVID masking requirements, Chris. I oh, mean, <laughs> uh, be careful how you get me started here this morning. Uh oh, uh oh. They're demanding that their third graders wear N95 masks. This is after um, the school officials. They noticed that three kids tested positive in one of the classes. So now all the kids have to wear masks in that class for 10 days. Just 10 days, though. And they have to be M95. So only 14 10 days to slow the spread. That's exactly it. Only 10 days, though, Cass. Don't <laughs> don't get carried away this time. I mean, like, you know, only 10. Isn't that how they started? Like, you know, and, uh, and they need everyone on board with this. Um, so do your part. If you care about your neighbors, this reminds me, play this clip. Yes. And finally, an update on the president and the first lady since she tested positive for COVID-19 last night. 
I can tell you that the First Lady is experiencing mild symptoms and will remain in Delaware for the week. President Biden tested negative last night for COVID-19 and tested negative again today. He's not experiencing any symptoms. As far as the steps he is taking, since the President was with the First Lady yesterday, he will be masking while indoors and around people in alignment with CDC guidance. And he, as, as has been the practice in the past, the President will remove his mask when sufficiently distanced from others indoors and while outside as well. The CDC guidelines recommend a combination of masking, testing, and monitoring for symptoms. The president is doing all of that in, con in close consultation with his physician. And finally... There you have it. So, um... Isn't that special? Coronavirus! <laughs> Coronavirus! Dr. Jill Biden um, has tested positive for a cold, also known as the coronavirus, the flu. Um, and so... Um, the octogenarian, President Joe Biden, he's gone into quarantine for the next three months is breaking news. You heard it here first. Um, okay, just kidding on that. Well, here's the deal, Alex, is that we're going to talk about this starting at 6.50 this morning. This is this is part of a playbook. I'm calling it the Democratic Plandemic Plan Playbook. Plandemic. Plandemic yes. Playbook to hopefully win the election in 2024. I believe there's 10 major steps and this is this is step two this is one of the big ones and it and it falls right in the line which we're gonna we're gonna start that segment at the 650 hour but this is part of a bigger plan and trust me I, this is just what we're seeing yeah. and we're, when we get to number 10 in that plan you're gonna be like okay what else is coming but we're, we're gonna talk about that and there is a lot of information out there regarding this so Cass, you 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 don't you don't think masks work is that what i'm i'm kind of sensing in your in your comments over there, I mean, <laughs> I have never been a masker. In fact, you know, I, I was at, I was in my senior year in 2020 of oh. college. And so I experienced the college version of your whole senior year being taken from you. My first, my first and second semester of my senior year was the entirety of 2020 because I was a December grad. And so my, I got told to, you know, go home for 14 days from my dorm room and that we would come back in a couple weeks. And I never lived another night in a dorm room. Oh, that was abrupt, wasn't it? It was abrupt. Yeah. And it was really sad. A lot of our, the friendships that you grow with these people, they, they just, I was so angry. Like I was actually just angry at how my college experience ended and the whole cloth mask thing they got wet and gross and dirty and i'm like this can't be good for you yeah i never was a fan of the masking i never thought it was a good idea i remember the first time i taught a class um they wanted us you know i'm an adjunct professor to teach with our masks on even though students were far away and i had my wife bought me a mask because i wanted to be not just cloth it was, it was like double protected and I about passed out. Like, I, I mean, the car, I was like short of breath. I was like, oh, what in the world's going on here? Am I out of shape or what? It's crazy. Yeah. And, and you know, Cass, I, I watched my daughter experience the same thing her senior year in high school. And, you know, they were able to get some things done. They still try to have some of the performances. But 
watching things like her senior trip. She was supposed to go to New York City that year with all of her theater friends and go see Broadway shows. Yeah, everything got taken from us. Everything got taken. I got into a really awesome class where I was going to get to spend four days a week on the gun range. In my criminal justice class, I worked hard to be one of the six students chosen for this class. And about half of that class got taken because we couldn't be together on the. I took a... I took a PE class called golf and bowling to fill a sem- to fill a cre- credit for my semester, and we never once went golfing or bowling. Like <laughs> I, some of these classes were pointless that yeah. you know seniors were taking. That's terrible. It is. You know the reality is. I mean, I think we we know it here. We are not buying into COVID hysteria. Here, here's my plan: If you get COVID this year, don't ask, don't tell. Yeah. If you if you get COVID, <laughs> you don't tell me. If I get it, I won't tell you. Well, now the CDC is coming out and they're they're making a statement and going, wait a minute, don't throw those uh, COVID tests away. They're not actually expired. We're going to no. extend the dates. They put <laughs> expiration dates on the COVID test. Now wow. they're coming out yesterday and said, don't throw them away quite yet. We're they're probably still good actually. Don't ask, don't tell. I mean, that's <laughs> I the like thing. That. Just take care of yourself. Vitamin D, vitamin C, zinc. You know, if you're sick, stay home, mm-hmm. wash your hands, but. We're not buying into the COVID hysteria. Nah, bro. We're not in the Midwest, but I'm afraid. Don't go get tested. You have a cold, treat the cold. Like, don't, you don't have to know that it's COVID or the flu. Like, you have a a runny nose and a sore throat. Treat accordingly. (laughs) Anyway, we got Brenda Talent coming up next from the Show Me Institute. We'll get an update on what's going on with her and some of the things that they're doing with the senior fellows at the American Federation for Children. That's up next right here on Wake Up Springfield. 93.3 and AM 560, KWTO News. KWTO News time is 6.30 in Springfield this morning. We have partly cloudy skies and we're at 67 degrees. It's going to be a sunny, gorgeous day in the Ozarks today. Now that this rain has pushed through the area and moved out of the area, we're looking for a high today up around 84 degrees. MoDOT says it will need to close the westbound lanes of James River Freeway to repair a sinkhole. MoDOT will also close both James River Freeway off-ramps from Highway 65 beginning at 6.30 a.m. on September the 16th. That's 10 days from now. While they repair the westbound lanes between Highway 65 and Glenstone Avenue where that sinkhole formed, MoDOT says those repairs should be completed by September the 22nd. Man has died in a crash down in McDonald County. Troopers say a pickup truck driven by 21-year-old Logan Mitchell from Goodman ran off of Highway CC near McNatt and struck a tree. Uh, The victim was pronounced dead at the scene. Springfield Police warning parents of college students about a phone scam. The police department says caller tells the parents that their student has gotten into trouble at college. They didn't attempt to get money from the parents using digital platforms such as PayPal. Police say law enforcement does not collect money over the phone. If you get one of those calls, you should contact the cop. When we very clearly do not. 93.3 and AM 560. KWTO. You're listening to Wake Up Springfield with Alex Bryant, Chris Russell, News Director Don Luzader, and Producer Cass Bowen Anderson on 93.3 and AM 560. KWTO. Well, it's 635 and it's time for our weekly conversation with Miss Brenda Talent of the Show Me Institute. Good morning, Miss Brenda. How are you today? I'm doing great. How about you all? We are doing good here in studio. We've just been talking about some fantasy football. Do you play fantasy football at all? <laughs> no, but I hear about it from my husband. <laughs> <laughs> Jim does. That's yeah, awesome. Jim does. <laughs> uh, you guys are, okay, so before we dive into stuff, you guys have been in St. Louis for a while. The Rams left there, so 
you know, what do you think about my Chicago Bears over there? <laughs> Where, what do the talents go for? Well, I got to tell you, I can't speak for my husband, but I can speak more for myself. I love bears. There we go. <laughs> I knew I liked you, Miss Brindis. <laughs> I thought most of St. Louis got behind that uh, XFL team last year, the Battlehawks. That they was kind a of job, a, yeah, so. they always had big crowds at the games. Yeah. So, well, the Show Me Institute, you guys are hosting an event, I see, with um, Corey DeAngelis, um, Senior Fellow at the American Federation for Children. So tell us a little bit about that event and what do you guys expect to happen there? Well, he's coming in this evening, and I, and what we expect him to do is really share his vision for how we, well, fix our nation's education system. You know, it's been 40 years since we had the report on a nation at risk, and um, I, I think he's going to talk about the kinds of challenges that face our public schools, um, you know, what's going on when you look at basically certain strong institutions that support the, the status quo. And then he's going to talk about alternative solutions to address what we, what we would be, we would call the rising tide of mediocrity in, yeah. in our school system. Because um, when you look at the data, when you look at how children are performing on basic metrics, such as English and math, it's not a good picture. Yeah. You know, Larry Elder um, has, he's running for president. Um, he says he's putting a, he's running to put a focus on our nation's failed educational system. Um, he's a big proponent of school choice. Um, you know, especially, and he talks about minority kids. They're stuck in the cycles of poverty. Um, what do you guys, um, see there as far as that? And what's your thoughts on Larry Elder's campaign? I don't know much about, um, Mr. Elder. I mean, I've, I've read some of this stuff on the internet, but I do think, um, Talking about education, putting it on focus to prepare our nation to be competitive on the world stage is very important. And and it when we look at it, we look at it not only, I mean, obviously, low-income children, children with special needs, but you can even talk about children who are bullied, children who just for whatever reason don't fit in. When we decide where kids go based upon your zip code, it it, it is it's trying to fit people into a particular mold which they may not fit in and we've seen with states such as florida um arizona i mean you know you can go down the list of states where what they're trying to do is empower parents to find the best solution for their child's education and and it works i mean we've seen in new york with the charter schools success schools that they are helping children rise out of those cycles of poverty and be successful and be contributing members of our, our of our 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 society and so it is really important to get these opportunities and and not and not be afraid actually of exploring them because a, a lot of times you hear a lot of rhetoric about when we talk about school choices if every parent's going to suddenly yank their child out of public school you know yeah. that's not true public school does work for a number of kids and a number of parents are happy with it but there are children and parents who would like other options yeah. and i would argue too uh uh, we've just launched um, the, if you will, the new, the new cycle of data for um, our most school rankings website. So we now have the 2021-2022 data for our school districts and schools in Missouri on there. And you might want to explore it. I know we've talked about NICSA before. NICSA scores pretty high out of, yeah. if you look at the NICSA school district, they, on our website they rank 14 out of 552 school districts. And um, you, you can dig into that deeper. So NICSA looks like they're doing a good job. 
But again, when you dig deeper, you're going to see there are still, you know, a number of kids who are not proficient in English, not proficient in math. Maybe a different option for them for would work. And I don't know about Nixon, but when we talk about charter schools, do you think your community would like to have a, a classical elementary school where yeah. you could do that through a charter if you wanted yeah. to? I remember. So, yeah, a lot of schools would love to do that. I, I remember, and I don't know if you knew this or not, but I lived in St. Louis um, about 2012 to 2015. Um, I ran the St. Louis Dream Center there for Joyce Meyer. We so that was in the inner city, right off of you know Fairground Park. Now, when I moved there, one of my friends was um, one of the superintendents there of one of the local school districts in the, one of the suburbs, and he's like, "You don't want to live in St. Louis. The school districts were unaccredited." So we lived out in um, South County. We lived out in the Melville School District. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, so I saw, for, that was the first time, you know, that I saw uh, my kids. I, my two oldest were eighth grade and fifth grade. And so I, I, did, I never understood unaccredited schools and all that that means. And, you know, we saw busing. They started busing kids from the inner city of St. Louis, you know, out to the counties that they wanted to go to. And I believe St. Louis, they were, they were unaccredited from about what, 2000 to about 2017. Is, is that right? Or am I right on that? It, it was, it was a, a while. I don't know the exact date when it ended. I think it might have, you know, because they've also been provisionally accredited. Yeah. Um, it, 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 and we have, you know, St. Louis schools, Kansas City schools. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, I, I think that one of the things we've seen is that, in those cities, parents want options, so they move their kids to charter schools. Yeah. In Kansas City, you know, it's, it's a huge percentage of parents who, who go to the charter or magnet schools. So um, they want options for their kids. They want their children Absolutely. to have an opportunity to be successful. And I remember when and, and that, well, I was bringing that up because I can remember it was huge back then. I mean, everyone was talking about what are we going to do? Let's fix this problem. Are, you know, they're unaccredited. Public schools were talking about it. Charter schools, private schools, homeschool. Everybody was talking about that. Um, that was back again, 2012, 2015. Well, you know, now that they're accredited, it seems like, well, the schools are doing a little bit better. So do you feel that that alleviates some of the pressure for school choice? Um, we've talked about that in, in among our staff. And, and one of our concerns has been that in Missouri, We've treated school choice almost as if that happens when you're being punished, right? Yeah. So uh, only uh, originally, only districts that were unaccredited had the option of having charter schools. Now, that's expanded. Like, Nixa School Board now has the authority. If they want to authorize a charter school, they could do so. But we haven't seen any school districts do that. Um, and, and I think part of it is how it's positioned. In other states, it's positioned as competition's good, it makes everybody stronger, and actually that's what you do see. You see the public schools get stronger. You see, you know, the kids perform better. Um, so, you know, it, it, it's a puzzle to me, and it's a puzzle to me in the sense that I look around us, and except for Illinois, every other state around us has a much more robust um, school choice kind of options yeah. for their parents. And when you look at the polling Parents want that. I mean, they want to be able to have options for their kids. And again, it's not just academic performance. I mean, although we can point to some schools which are accredited and they're not doing so well, because it's a whole other segment if we want to talk about how DESE accredits schools, which oftentimes has very little to do with academic performance. But, But put that aside, I mean, 
there are parents who just like, they feel like their kid doesn't fit in or for whatever reason, it's a class, you know, where the kids are mean. <laughs> You'd like them to go to a different school where the class isn't as mean. There can be a lot of different reasons why a, a school isn't a fit for a child and, and creating those options makes sense. Yeah. You know, what it reminds me of is this when, you know, in, in politics, everybody says they want a third choice. They want a third option. But if my candidate, if my party's expected to win, not this year. Maybe next year. And that's what it reminds me of when it comes to charter schools. Cause like if your school's doing well, it's like, ah, you know, we don't want to, we don't want to rock the boat. But when things aren't going well, then it's like, let's try everything. And, um, and so, you know, it, it is disappointing to see that Missouri is one of the only states around us that hadn't done anything. We had a super majority in the House, the Senate and the, in, in the, you know, legislature and we didn't get anything passed. So, you know, real quick, what are you, what are you going to be pushing for this year when the um, legislature returns? Well, we every year we issue something called a blueprint for Missouri, and you're right. Um, we've been pretty disappointed in um, the lack of movement in our state because it feels as if um, we just haven't had the leadership for the innovation and change, which we see, you know, just across the border from us. But on the education front, we're going to be talking about things like uh, expansion of the education savings account. Right now, it's limited to just our largest cities and certain groups of children. We're going to talk about charter expansion. So, for example, I mentioned that school districts could approve charters. Well, if they don't approve them, maybe we should have a central committee that can approve them because I do think there are a lot of districts where parents would like, like STEM schools or classical education, and then open enrollment so that if you're in a school and there are seats available in another school, uh, let let the, let the student go there if the school will accept them. Well. Well, thank you, um, Brenda Talent with um, the Show Me Institute. It's always a pleasure talking with you, and we appreciate it and look forward to talking to you next week. So, well, we're going to get a traffic um, with um, Don Luzader, and then right after that, Chris is going to dive into the Democratic Plandemic Playbook. We we We, we will, but it's good, man. I've seen your notes on it. Looking forward to it right after traffic with Don Luzader. Traffic from the KWTO Traffic Center. Well, we do have that road work and lane restrictions along James River Freeway between Kansas and National today. Uh, one lane in spots uh, as you uh, especially headed uh, westbound, or actually eastbound this morning. I had to get over the far left-hand lane, and that was up against a wall, too. So uh, narrow lanes along James River Freeway. Uh, that means you're going to have to slow it down in those areas, although I'm looking at traffic right now. Oh. 93.3 and AM 560. It is a full corruption. We need to get KWTO. You're listening to Wake Up Springfield with Alex Bryant, Chris Russell, News Director Don Luzader, and Producer Cass Bowen Anderson on 93.3 and AM 560 KWTO. One way to steal from people is to distract them from what you're doing. The safer way is to bore them. Then they will distract themselves. Leave the politics and the financial stuff to the experts. But the things you ignore will eventually come back and affect you. So pay attention. Who said that, Alex? Man, Vivek Ramaswamy. I was reading this book. That stood mm-hmm. out to me. I took that note there. I was like, wow. Isn't that profound? It's profound. It very and, much is. And it, and, it, and it says a lot of what I think, what I'm calling the Democratic Plandemic Playbook for 2024 election. I, I, I really truly think if you look in the last couple of years, we, we've been kind of coasting when it comes to the big stories, when it comes to, you know, I mean, there's always there's always arguments about Trump. There's always arguments about the Republicans and all these kind of things. But now 
we're coming into the crunch time. We're coming into, you know, the, 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 the fourth quarter, if you will. It's not really the fourth quarter, but it's kind of like the fourth quarter of a football game, right? We've been talking about a lot of football because it's football season. So we're, we're coming up. The fourth quarter has begun. And because we're men, we just always going <laughs> to yeah, talk about football. Right. And, and Don might say, well, maybe we're in the sixth or seventh inning. You know, I mean, Don <laughs> yeah. loves that baseball. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, so it, it's, it's kind of where we're at, right? And so I truly believe. That this entire time they've been working on and perfecting a plan that they could pull off the shelf, like literally go to the shelf and reach up and grab the binder, okay, and pull it out and go, okay, so here's our pandemic. Here's the playbook that we're going to use moving forward in order to to make sure that we try to secure the election in 2024. I, I believe there's 10 steps. We are not going to cover all 10 steps right now. We're going to break this down between now and probably next hour and the hour after a little bit, trying to trying to dive into this a little bit. So I'm going to say this though, Chris, what you, cause you called me last night. You mm-hmm. were like, well, you were like so excited. And I love the fact, and I say you, because you put these steps together. I mean, we've been talking about this stuff, but I mean, you see, it's like, this is like in the Lego movie when you become a master builder and you see how it all goes together. That's the hope that I have for all of us. We have to see how all this stuff plays in. It's not just one offs or just random stuff that's happening. It's not by accident. There is a plan and it's a pandemic playbook. That's right. And it all goes together. And it does. And it starts right off with the Trump indictments. Now, and here's the reason why I think this is such a big, big story. You know, recently we've been seeing some of the, being some of the, the Department of Justice, the sentences brought down for the guys from January the 6th, right? And they're just ridiculous compared to some of the other sentences that were handed out for some of the other Black Lives Matter protests, some of the police precincts being burned down, what happened in Oregon. All those people got a basically a slap on the wrist, and yet they're they're almost they're trying to get thirty three years for the the Proud Boys Joe Biggs, and then they end up giving him what seventeen I think is what it was or something, yeah, which is still crazy for twenty minutes that he did of smashing a window and, and whatever. I mean, and the Proud Boy leader that wasn't even there got twenty two years. Yeah, there you go. So I mean, it's crazy. So this is this is what we're seeing, and we're seeing a lot of of this plan come into place, and it starts with the Trump indictments because conveniently they've had three years to basically work on this, to get these indictments in place and they have stalled purposely. Again, part of the pandemic playbook, they've stalled purposely in order to them to start falling here at the end of 2023 and end of 2024. This is when we really start ramping up for the election. This is when we start seeing the first debates. This is when we start seeing all the candidates working the state fairs. We see the candidates going on uh, talk shows. We see them all over the place ramping up and we know right now, you can see every poll out there, this is Donald Trump's um, nomination to lose. So the the Democrats know this, the liberals know this, and so they have to play this pandemic playbook. And when we look at this indictment list, and we've talked about this before, but we're going to hit it again. It's just convenient how, right off the bat, we've got activity going on. Now, the Iowa caucus is going to be held on January the 15th. There's no trials. They were trying to get one before January 15th, and it just didn't work out. Um, but right now, we're seeing as much challenge as we can see for Donald Trump, which, by the way, kind of makes sense since he's going to be going to the Iowa State-Iowa game this weekend in yeah. Iowa. He's going to be making Cy-Hawk. an appearance there. Yeah, which is kind of a cool tradition. I think that's the one where they all turn to the crowd and face the children's uh, hospital. That's that's a really neat tradition they have up there. Um, kind of a cool deal. But anyway, so he's going to be making an appearance. So he's doing his best. He's coming out with videos. He came out with a video. He's looking presidential. Um, he's doing his best for what he can for right now. So he's trying to do all these big things because then we turn right around and the big boy, 
the big one, the big Tuesday, the Super Tuesday is March 5th. Well, his first court date for the um, allegations to atone, overturn the 2020 presidential election coming out of Georgia is set for March 4th. The day before Super the Tuesday. Day before All Super those Tuesday. delegates are, you know, up for grabs in, um, what, 15 states? Yeah, we got Alabama, primary. Alaska, Arkansas, California, Colorado, Maine, Massachusetts, Minnesota, North Carolina, Oklahoma, Tennessee, Texas, Utah, Vermont, and Virginia. Did so those just, are Did you up. just list all those because you wanted to do the, the song? I, I the can state sing song? it. I can sing it. <laughs> all right. So the next, again, part of the pandemic playbook, right? So we're talking about that. And, and there, it keeps going, man. So then we have the trial begins on March 25th for the trial over alleged hush money payments to, is set to begin in New York. So it gets done. I, I don't even know if he's going to be completely done with the March 4th stuff. And then all of a sudden we're, we're starting March 25th, right? So we just turn right around into, into that, um, that battle. So that, that starts. Then May 20th, right? That's the date that the federal judge has set for a special counsel for Jack Smith's case over handling classified dark, uh, documents. And a federal grand jury indicted Trump back in June on this one. Well, guess what happens June 4th? So yeah, how you, are you, you going to prepare for all these? That's you're the not. You're not. This like, is part come of the, on. This is, this is the playbook. They want dude. to tie him up. This is the playbook. You can't tell me this is coincidence. You well, cannot tell me that. Well, Chris, the thing is, you, they want to take out the leader of MAGA, the MAGA movement. That's right. I mean, Donald Trump was able to galvanize. And, and it, you think about this, this started in 2015. So it's, it's eight years now of him being the unequivocal, unchallenged leader of the Republican Party. I mean, he's polling at 59% right now. He's got a 43-point lead over DeSantis. See, I think part of this goes to, they get Trump out, and let's just say DeSantis or Vivek Ramaswamy gets in there, which I think it would be DeSantis right now. Yeah. Which, by the way, Vivek Ramaswamy is going to the Cyhawk to the. Um, oh, he's going to go yeah, too. Going I didn't to, see yeah. that. Yeah, uh, are they sitting together by chance? Is uh, I doubt that. I doubt. Hey, Trump, can you go get me a beer and a hot dog, please? <laughs> you go get me that. You're the young guy. Go get me. <laughs> but this all lays out, and I, and I think part of this is again. We're going to be dropping, there's 10 steps here, but all of this is to get him out. DeSantis becomes a nomination, and then eventually what we're going to see is that there's going to be a change in who runs for president on the Democrat side, and they believe they can beat DeSantis. I think that's where we're heading with right. all this. But, well, but Let me just say, the Trump indictments is about trying to stop the Trump movement, the MAGA movement, and then you then you force the Republicans to start all over. Yep. Because that's what the Democrats are going to have to do. They're not going to have Joe Biden. He's not going to make it across the finish line. Let's be honest. Mm-mm. He's not. And then, so again, May 20th, we got another, uh, court appearance. So then he's got a, but the final states will hold all their primaries on June 4th. And then, of course, that leads up to the national convention, the Republican national convention, July 15th through the 18th. So they're essentially tying him up. So that's step one. Do the indictments, get everything lined out. They, they whiteboarded this out going, okay, well, if we do this right, we can get all these trials set up right around the time of the big Super Tuesdays and primaries and all the things so that he can't really effectively campaign. So that's step number one. Step number two, we just talked about it last about 15 minutes ago, the COVID pandemic scare tactic. That's what was effective for him last time. That's what I mean, worked. And, and I don't, and like, okay, so remember Obama's guy said never waste a good, um, crisis. Yeah. And so some of the COVID was real. Let's just be honest. Oh, absolutely. With, I mean, we, we know people that died. Mm-hmm. It was real. It came out of nowhere. But they used that and they rode it and rode or did, it. Or did they help make it happen? Well, I do believe that Trump talked about that. But also, they hid some of the stuff. Like they didn't want to. They didn't want to look at any other, um, any other ways to combat COVID. You know, no right. therapeutics or nothing. It was like, nope, just stick it, ride it out, and then wait for our vaccine, and then yep. boom, get vaccinated. 
I'm, I'm telling you, they're looking at their checklist to go, okay, do the indictments get the, get the, uh. Is she playing the music already? She is, this man. is good stuff. We're, we're, we're going to have to get into this a little bit <laughs> this next is hour. good stuff. We got yes, so, much us, so much more to go. So much more to go. You're killing us over here. But we do. We have the Biden administration uh, urges all Americans until August the 20th to get a booster shot for the coronavirus this autumn to counter a new wave of infections. A White House official said on August the 20th. And now look, all of a sudden, Jill Biden has it. Whoopi Goldberg has it. Okay, coming up 735, Richard Forsyth is going to be with us. Also, Alex and I are going to dive into this even more. We have a lot to talk about. Do not go away. Stay tuned to Wake Up Springfield all morning long. Right here. The latest news. Maui residents devastated by wildfires. Our um, two vehicles gone. Our apartment gone. The whole complex. It probably would have never been a plea deal or even an effort to resolve this case without the whistleblowers coming forward. The news you need to know. This appointment is camouflage and it's cover-up. Crooked Joe Biden put me on trial during an election campaign that I'm winning by a lot. When we very clearly... Do not. 93.3 and AM 560. KWTO. You're listening to Wake Up Springfield with Alex Bryant, Chris Russell, News Director Don Luzader, and Producer Cass Bowen-Anderson on 93.3 and AM 560. KWTO. It's time for today's Top 3. A-W-T-O away! One! Sumo Wrestling, Alex, is coming to Springfield this weekend. If you want to go watch some the ancient art of sumo, you can do it this weekend at the... Jap- it's the 27th annual Japanese Fall Festival happening Friday through Sunday at the Mitsumoto Japanese Stroll Garden located within the extraordinary... Springfield Botanical Gardens and Nathaniel Green uh, Memorial Park at 2400 South Scenic. It's happening this weekend in partnership with our Springfield Sister Cities Association. Isaki, Japan is our sister city. They will have some residents here as well for the three-day Japanese festival happening this weekend, and it includes battling uh, sumo wrestlers. How cool would that be to watch? That's pretty cool. That's pretty neat. Uh, oil has reached a 10-month high. They rose, uh, Oil prices rose a dollar a barrel on Tuesday to their highest rate since November after Saudi Arabia and Russia extended their voluntary supply cuts to the end of the year, worrying investors about potential shortages during peak winter demand. I wonder if we should consider merely, you know, a thought, opening our own oil supplies. Psh- who am I to say? Three. Well, Senate Republican leader Mitch McConnell's health, ep- health episodes show no evidence of a stroke or seizure seizure disorder, according to the Capitol physician. But his statements still left questions about the apparent freeze-ups and have drawn concerns about the 81-year-old situation. Remember, he froze up um, last week during a press conference in Kentucky, which is the second time that's happened on camera, I might add. We don't know how many times he's frozen up not on camera but at least twice on camera one particular moment of my time um this is what mcconnell said one particular moment of my time back home has received its fair share of attention mcconnell said but i assure you august was busy and a productive month for me my question is this how many times has this brother done this not in the public eye and um well now that he's received the all clear and has returned to work we should all stop talking about how old and frail he and many mm. of the other aging politicians no. who are who are making the most important decisions 
for our 350 million Americans. Nothing to see here. Move on. Nope. Mm. I owe <laughs> away. Don't ever do that again. Sorry. Stephen A. Smith was even talking nope. about the other night. Yeah. Okay, so we've been talking about the Democratic Plandemic Playbook, and what I believe, and, and Alex and I believe, that is is a plan book or a playbook that's been putting in put in place to take over the election in 2024. The first step, obviously, was the Trump indictments, getting them all lined up where the court dates were right in alignment with uh, the Super Tuesdays and the primaries, which we've seen that. It's very clear. You cannot denounce that they didn't do that on purpose. The second step here is we're seeing an increase in the scare of COVID-19, right? We're seeing this all over the place. We're seeing mask mandates already in some schools, some colleges. We're seeing this conversation come up. We've seen Dr. Fauci back on the radio or the TV lately talking about mask mandates, even though that guy's been all over the place. He's he's like been back and forth 20 times. We've seen tons of evidence, tons of science that shows that it's not healthy. It didn't work. And yet here we are still seeing it. The conversation is coming back up, even though, which by the way, I did some research. I can't find any other country right now that's having this conversation. I, I, I may yeah, be wrong. Really? I, I couldn't. I couldn't. And if there is, please let us know. Let me know if there's another country that's having these conversations about COVID-19. We're seeing celebrities get COVID. We're going to see that more. I said it yesterday, and I'll say it again today. I believe that the left or the Democrats or the, the MSNBC, CNNs, they're excited to announce that Jill Biden has COVID. They're excited to announce that Whoopi Goldberg has COVID. I, I really believe that. Here's my prediction in step number two. Democratic-ran cities will have mask mandates. They will attempt to bring that back. And also, we're going to continue to see the experts tout about the severity of this new virus. And another prediction that I have, which is not, I wouldn't say lockdown, but they're definitely going to shut down schools in some cities. They're going to shut it down, which we've seen for years cities and communities even in the ozarks do for an outbreak of the good old-fashioned flu it has happened alex and you know why that that, why this is going to happen because it's about number one control yep but number two when there's a when there's a pandemic when there's a scare they have emergency powers when they have their emergency powers they can start saying things like we have to dictate the way the election is going to go stay at home we'll mail you out your absentee ballot like 15 of them yeah here's step number three so we have Step number three, and this is this is we're seeing this. You talked about it yesterday, Alex, is trying to remove Trump from the ballot, especially in the Democratic states, based on Amendment 14. Yeah, I mean, if you engage, this is what Amendment 14, this is what they're trying to say. If you engage in acts of insurrection or rebellion against the government, you're disqualified for running. You saw Adam Schiff all over the news talking about this. I mean, you don't even have to be convicted just if you engage. That's why they, they wanted to call January 6th an insurrection. Mm-hmm. That's why they want it's a court of public opinion. It's on the record. It's the official document that their Senate hearings, their House hearings. It's an insurrection, and Trump was the leader. Therefore, he's disqualified for running. Boom, move on. MAGA movement is over. You won't have all those um, Trump voters coming out being inspired to vote. We're going to win. That's that's their plan. That's step number three. Step number four. Wait, wait. There's more to Whoa, that. There is. Steps. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, what do you because got? think about this. Not only are they trying to do that with the insurrection to take him off the ballot nationally, but then there some states are looking at um, Section 3 of the 14th Amendment, which is a way for a state to not put him on the ballot. So if they can't get right. him nationally, then they're going to go individual states like California. Gavin Newsom's looking at this, Arizona. You know, so, you know, by, by um, you know, Section 3, a state doesn't have to put him on the election if they feel like he's engaged in these um, things. It's just another attempt to bar Trump from being on the 2024 ballot, um, you know, it, it's crazy. 
it's crazy arguments. Alex, that is actually that 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 one. This one begins. This one scares me more than anything. I I, I think. Well, no, that's not true. The the pandemic of a COVID attack or whatever that that scares me because of what it does to our local economy. We have we have like seven more steps to get to, which we have some other segments coming up a little bit later that we want to talk about this. But that one right there, really thinking that there's a whole entire plan to basically get him off the ballot. If none of these other things work, we're going to take him off the ballot. What they're doing. But there's seven more things that go to this plan. But coming up next, we have Dr. Randy Tobler that's going to be on the show with us. And then 735, we have a special guest, Richard Forsyth, the brother of the Cassville doctor, John Forsyth. It's going to be in studio giving us an intense update on what's going on with the case and the council 93.3 and am 560 the biggest thing is an escalation of rhetoric kwto you're listening to wake up springfield with alex bryant chris russell news director don luzader and producer Cass bowen anderson on 93.3 and am 560 kwto all right we're back with dr randy tobler alex Good. i gotta jump in here because uh, this was the funniest thing ever dr tobler is an OBGYN. <laughs> And we know that Cass is 26 weeks pregnant, and she just got a free medical examination over the phone uh, and an update. This is a HIPAA I, violation. Okay. I, 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 we won't talk about I what they said. That. We won't talk about what they said, but that was great. Uh, He's uh, my free doctor, okay? <laughs> Heaven forbid we should interrupt the patient consultation to have a, a interview with you, though. I, I missed all that. Where was I at? This is embarrassing. <laughs> Stop it. I thought it was great. I feel I, like I feel like I'm I'm the only one left out of not going what's going on over here. But anyway, yeah, that was good. So. That was good, man. Welcome to the show, buddy. So, Doctor Tobler, how hey. you doing this morning? Good to be here. In case there's any attorneys listening, I always remind Cass I can neither diagnose nor treat over the phone. I can just give general information. There you go. There you go. So. Well, we'll we'll um, talk about maybe that another time. Cass, I think her face is a little bit red. Over move, here, on, so. move on, move on, move on. Move so. on. Well, Doctor Tobler, we are we are outlining in in what Chris has called the um, the Democratic Plandemic Playbook, and we're we're saying that you know um, he's got ten things, and we've mm-hmm. only got through like the first three. It's awesome though. Chris mm-hmm. has got a whole list of things that the Democrats are going to try to do. Number one, um, they're going to try to take out the head of the MAGA movement, Donald Trump. What are your thoughts on their plan to try to take him out by hook or by crook? Yeah, I think one way or another, they're trying, the latest is they're trying this 14th Amendment move, you know, which I think most respected legal people say isn't going to work. And I think they're hoping against hope, the way things are looking now, that the more that you indict him and the more that you expose your his alleged, you know, criminal behavior, that somehow that's going to weaken him. And it's, it seems to only, he's, you know, he only gets stronger. It's like give Superman the kryptonite and this Superman gets stronger. It's the <laughs> yeah. darndest thing. It's, it's the, amazing to watch. It's funny to see like George Stepanopoulos, you know, like he's shocked. He's like, yeah. I don't, he's like, I don't, I don't understand why, you know, people are still liking Donald Trump. I mean, they're just shocked at it. Well, that's because these people don't get it. These people that are lost in their arrogant, ethereal, swampy D.C. you know air, uh, even if they're in New York, it's really the same air. It just wafts from one place to another. They're arrogant and they're elitist, and they are not in touch as the politicians that they espouse 
are not in touch with we the people. They just don't get it. Yeah, they know they're, you know, West Coast and East Coast folks because that's all, you know, part of the same same air. But uh, they don't get what the, most of the body politic is about. They can't pay their their uh, their bills. They they're in massive debt. They see the prices going crazy. They see all the policies being against we the people. Um, and so they're just lost. They're just out of touch. That's why they continue to maintain. They're, they're just incredulous. It's like, well, I can't believe it. Well, that's because you're, you're, you're just, you're not part of us, dude. Sorry. Yeah. And, and I mean, it's not like they don't know because they, even if they don't watch Fox news, which represents, you know, flower country, they're going to, they're going to at least know what they're talking about. They just think that they're smarter than us, that they know better. And so like, they like try to, they try to corral us and you know, well, we can move them the way they want to go. And then when they can't move us, then they're like, oh, yep. well. They're they're just the basket of implorables. They're the the stupid people or whatever. Yeah, they're idiots. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's yeah. There's no doubt about it. So then you see, you know, one of the second things. So they're going to try to take out Trump, you know, by hook or by crook. You know, Fourteenth Amendment. We talk about that. Disqualify him off some of the ballots. Um, you know, which aren't going to work. I mean, whether they do it by using the the um, words insurrection. Um, you know, let me just ask you this though: How close are they? With that, I mean, they have some of the Proud Boys. They got some victories over there. They got these Proud Boys sentenced to 15, 20 years. You know, do you think that they are getting some uh, movement with their still their insurrection talk? Yeah, and I don't, I don't, I've just been thinking, you know, for we're, those of us in communications are always thinking, well, how are you going to, if you're on, you know, party A or party B's communication team, how are you going to handle this? Well, I, I guess if I was thinking about as, as the comms guy or gal for, you know, does he have a guy or gal now as their director? Um, you know, I would think, isn't that an easy one to defeat? It's like, well, yeah, these people were out of control. Of course there were people who were out of control. Were they over-prosecuted? Well, maybe, maybe not. That's a discussion we can have. But I, Donald Trump, had nothing to do with any yeah. of the violence that went on that day. I said, let's peacefully protest March 2, not in the Capitol. I would put 2 in about a... Good. A thousand point font. They, mm. That's all I said was let's mm-hmm. march to the Capitol. That's all I said. I think you can you can knock that one down pretty good and and let the insurrection thing, uh, you know, hold, but not for me. Yeah. It's for the Proud Boys. I think that one works. Okay, so you're a doctor, and I mean, walk me through. Is there really like like you talk about Trump derangement syndrome? I mean, people just get it so bad. Is there like? When when someone gets so fixated on something and they become yep. an extremist, is what what's inside the, the the chemical part of it, the 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 internal sides of that? Like, what makes those people just have it so bad? Um, which people? You the the, the Trump derangement people? Yeah, the Trump derangement people. Yeah, it's, PDS. A, it's a hysteria. It's a hysteria. I mean, it's it's the same thing that drives people on the MAGA side. Because as you know, I'm not a I'm not an always Trumper. I call balls and strikes. I think you guys do too. And it it, it becomes almost cult like. Cult like nature is part of our limbic system, right? That's part of survival. That's why geese flock together and schools fish together and you know turkeys flock together. Um, that's an interesting Freudian slip talking about the Trump derangement <laughs> syndrome and turkeys. I'm just saying. Uh, but, you know, I, if you look at what happened in Nazi Germany, I mean, how could those people yeah. ever have behaved like that and done what they did? People became, they become infatuated with a charismatic leader, and that leader can do no wrong. That leader can say no wrong. I will follow that leader even to my own peril. 
and it happens on the left and the right. And I think uh, responsible people that are that are still on the right or the left, but not fringe radical right or left. You know, it's it's our responsibility to call people to order and say, hey, uh, let's let's not go too far overboard. Let's be discerning individuals. But you're right. They are absolutely deranged. They 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 there's nothing they can see good about what happened in the Trump economy. There's nothing they can see bad about what's happening with open borders and people's flooding into the into the cities and ruining kids soccer parks and then, you know, hotels. Um, I, it's a blindness that I, frankly, yeah. I think it would take a psychiatrist to explain. I can't explain it. Yeah. And then, you know, another part of that is just the fear tactics they use in, in going back to Nazi Germany. Um, uh, there's a, there's a story, yeah. Yeah. there's a story about a, um, union <clears throat> factory, um, boss who, um, when the Fuhrer came and, and he's given his speech and when he's done, the applause goes on for five, 10 minutes and no one wants to stop clapping. And then, so finally he stops clapping. He's the first one. He stops <laughs> clapping and sits down. Well, the police came and arrested him that night, and they made up some trumped-up charge, and the whole thing is, at the end, they said, hey, never be the first one to stop clapping. It was just, there's this collective <laughs> fear that if you're the first yeah. one to stop, and, and that's what you see with COVID. That, I mean, yes, that's with the I compliance of, you know, you, you don't want no one, if, if you love your neighbors, if you, out of the abundance of caution, if you care about people, you'll want to do everything that we're telling you to do, mask up. You know, 14 days turned into, you know, what, a year to stop the spread, yeah. kids out of school. There's this mass hysteria, and they're using it, um, you know, to, to, to push their agenda, to push their cause. And we see this coming back. So, you know, what, what do you think, where do you see COVID going now this year? Is it going to be like it was before? I don't think that unless this virus behaves in a, in a manner that's absolutely atypical for virus genetic drift, this virus will continue to circulate. It will continue to mutate. It will continue to adjust and, and you know, pivot to, so it can survive. It doesn't want to kill its host. So it wants to be, remain transmissible. It wants to remain more nimble than our immune systems individually and collectively can adapt to. Just, just nimble enough so that it, uh, it can infect us but not kill us in large amounts. That's the way these viruses become endemic, and that's now what we're dealing with. You know, I saw an editorial by an a emergency room physician. I think he's out of New York. And those, those guys and gals knew intimately just how wicked that original virus and the Omicron and Delta strains were. They were wicked, and I saw it firsthand. So we shouldn't take any, Omicron, any, uh, any COVID infection or any influenza infection, for that matter. And depending on what, uh, you know, what kind of other things you have going on, Frankly, a common cold can turn in the wrong person that has bad lungs and a poor immune system and older and diabetic and you name it. That can turn into a pneumonia and can kill you. So we kind of take any infection uh, with with a bit of circumspect caution. That said, um, I think that th this ER doc said, look, I won't. I was at the U.S. Open and I didn't wear a mask. However, if I'm in a crowded elevator and the level, the prevalence of of uh, COVID in my neighborhood, whether it's, uh, you know, the new virus that's not as wicked, but still transmissible, uh, you know, I'm probably going to throw on a mask. He said, if I'm in a, if, if I'm in an airplane, if I walk into a bathroom in a, in a, in a theater situation, I will probably take the mask out of my pocket and put it on and then take it off when I'm in the theater, as long as it's well ventilated. There were 10 or 12 places he said he'd wear the mask. And I think there is a place for that. Look, we've done, I've worn masks during influenza season. And in general, influenza for most people is not as bad as COVID or doesn't have the potential as being as bad. So there are places for that. But the, the one size fits all, you know, do it all the time for everyone from age six months up. 
that has got to go because a uh, compliance just won't make it happen and b it's really overkill and it's disrespectful to the people yeah what about for our kids i mean because you know Rand paul points out that there's not one kid healthy kid that died yeah, yeah. of covid like should they should we be taking all these precautions with them kids you know have to mask up you know lose their you know social identity yeah just for, for something like this? I mean, what are, you, what are your thoughts on that? Well, the, the weight of the evidence is that unless children are, you know, have certain illnesses or on certain medications, there are kids that are on certain meds that they probably should either be held at home if it's ripping through a school or, you know, and, and that's the beauty we have now with, you know, with the ability of, of tele-education. Uh, tele um, uh, you know, there are circumstances where, depending on the advice of the pediatrician and the kids' uh, individual, you know, risks, as well as medications. Medications can really knock a hole in your immune system, some of the new biologics especially, yeah. for kids and adults. Yeah. You know, I think the weight of the evidence is now clear that the long, the, the, the acute and medium and long-term effects on children lack of socialization, all that, what that means, it clearly, clearly outweighs any potential benefit of risk for the vast majority, uh, for vast majority of kids. Oh, good. Well, um, Dr. Tobler, it's always it's a pleasure to talk with you. Thanks for your time and look forward to it next year. So we have, um, we have, um, some local news coming up. And then right after that, Richard Forsyth will join us here in studio. Stay tuned. KWTO News. KWTO News time is 729 in Springfield. We have partly sunny skies and we're going to have a nice day today with a high reaching 84 degrees this afternoon. Right now we have 67 degrees in Springfield. MoDOT says it will need to close the westbound lanes of James River Freeway to repair a sinkhole. MoDOT will also close both James River Freeway off ramps from Highway 65 beginning at 630 a.m. on September 16th while they repair the westbound lanes between 65 to Glenstone Avenue, where the sinkhole formed. MoDOT says repairs should be completed by September 22nd. Springfield Police are warning parents of college students about a phone scam. The police department says the caller is telling the parents that their student has gotten into trouble at college. They then attempt to get money from the parents using digital payment platforms such as PayPal. Police say law enforcement does not collect money over the phone. If you get one of those calls, you should contact the college, the student, and even the Springfield Police Department. Man is dead after a crash down in McDonald County. The Highway Patrol says a pickup truck driven by 21-year-old Logan Mitchell of Goodman ran off of Highway CC near McNatt and struck a tree. The victim was pronounced dead at the scene. And Missouri State University says an appearance by NFL Hall of Famer Joe Montana has been rescheduled. The four-time Super Bowl winning quarterback was originally scheduled to speak at the MSU Public Affairs Conference on 93.3 and AM 560. It is a full corruption. We need to get KWTO. You're listening to Wake Up Springfield with Alex Bryant, Chris Russell, News Director Don Luzader, and Producer Cass Bowen-Anderson on 93.3 and AM 560 KWTO. Welcome back to Wake Up Springfield. Got a, a, a guest with us today, actually two people with us, Richard and his wife, Forsyth, Richard Forsyth, the brother of 
John Forsythe, the doctor that um, went missing on May 21st. And first and foremost, um, thank you. And we are, you know, here to talk to you today with nothing but respect and condolences for you and all your family. And we know you are very appreciative of all the law enforcement, the investigators, and the community support. So we just want to say thank you for Richard for being here and give you our sincere condolences for what you're going through. Thank you. And thank you for having me. Yeah, well, it's the second time I had you. I was guest hosting on the Elijah Har show one afternoon. It's been a few months ago and we had you in and it was such a compelling story. But now a lot has, a lot of time has, has passed. And so we want to kind of get an update on what's going on with that. But before we do that, let's go backwards before we go forward. I, just tell us what you remember and loved about your brother, Dr. John Forsythe, the, the kind of man, the father, the husband, business partner, best friend he was to you. Just tell us your thoughts on, on what you miss most about your brother. Well, he's my brother. We, um, I've, I've known him all my life. We, growing up, we were together with everything. We shared a room, uh, in the house. We got into adventures and misadventures all of our lives. Uh, when I was 15, uh, no, sorry. When I was, uh, yeah, 15, um, we, he and I moved back. We're originally from Canada and we mm-hmm. moved back to Canada together. So we drove together. He was 17. I was 15. We drove together from Springfield, Missouri to Canada live with our grandparents to go to high school and um we were there without our parents and in many ways without parents i mean my grandparents were there but we we basically lived we relied on each other Mm -hmm. every day everything um we made sure each other was fed taken care of he made sure i had rides because i couldn't drive at the time and um man all of our lives you know we we spent together and as adults we were very close and also business partners um and we uh, my mind is just cycling through so many stories i don't even know what to say but right. as a man as a man he was um smartest man i've ever met um and that's saying a lot because i feel like i swim in deep waters in that regard but uh smartest man i've ever met uh such a compassionate kind person who is concerned about so many people and just he had so much passion about helping people in general and and specifically of course he loved his kids so much um and he did he had eight kids i mean that's the story itself but he did have but he took care of them and he and he yeah. always took care of the child support and was responsible and oh yeah and did what you told me that last time he did what he had to do to his fatherly duties he was very proud of that he took a lot of time off work to be with them he took them often on trips, adventures. He just loved being with them. He loved talking about them. If you ended up spending any time talking to him, he'd be pulling up pictures of his kids and telling us the mm-hmm. latest stories. And he was it, just the joy on his face uh, about his kids, loved his kids so much. So we go back to May 21st. You get a phone call that his car has been recovered at the Cassville Aquatic Center. And you described it as kind of a sketchy area, if I remember correctly. I, it was kind of in a sketchy part of, of the park. It was first verbally described to me, but then I was able to see a um, satellite picture of the location and then eventually actual pictures. And it's uh, it was a sort of a public uh, refuse area yeah. with a fence. And so when you sort of see the entrance to this area, the car is mostly obscured by a fence. You can see it from a certain angle, but it's a little hard to see. And so it's clear that the car was meant to be hidden. What? <laughs> If I remember right, what, did you get the phone call about him not showing up to the ER first, or if, or did you find out about the car being found first? I can't remember. Oh, yeah. The not showing up for the ER uh, shift was the first phone call, or first sort of fact and bizarre 
kind of issue that was going on that evening, and that's when I was very concerned. And uh, I was called about that, and uh, I encouraged that some inquiry should be made, and uh, and that was done. And then at that point, the hospital security goes out, and they check the RV because right. he had an RV on, on the parking lot because he would work late nights right. and need to stay and catch a night instead of sleeping in a extra cot or somewhere in the hospital. Exactly. But that was weird, too, because both the vehicle found at the park were unlocked, and inside of that was his cell phones. He had two, one for work and one for his personal, correct? Right. The, the two known phones, we, we always saw them with two phones. They're uh-huh. there, uh, apparently, being charged. Uh, this is all being told to me over the phone. I'm gonna, I, I got calls all night, so I didn't uh-huh. sleep at all. And I got an update. We found his phones are charging. And when I heard that, I said, call the police. Yeah. And then in the RV, there was, there was, it was unlocked and lights were on and laptops and all kinds of stuff was found in there as well, correct? Yeah, stuff he never would go without. Okay. So now we know something's up. Now, yeah. now the, the cat's out of the bag and something is not right. And you know your brother and this isn't like him. And you said that the, by the way, I remember you saying over and over how great and wonderful the Cassville Police Department was to work with that night. Yeah, I must say, I didn't have um, a lot of days with them, but throughout the, the, Following two three days, they were really really nice and and very professional, and they worked so hard. Um, they did recover some security camera footage reviewed, and even though it, it's grainy, like all security footage is, yeah. you were very adamant that was your brother in that footage. No, I did not see the footage. Oh, I thought you said okay. My it thought. was only described to me. Okay, um, and in fact, the um, what was described to me. So he was wearing very descriptive clothing. Mm-hmm. A black long sleeve shirt and light blue gray uh, jeans. In the photo that was described to me, uh, you see a person who's wearing black top, mm-hmm. light colored pants, uh, long sleeve, and then a black car. He drove an Infinity, okay. black Infinity, and uh, he pulls up, or at least what appears to be him, pulls up to this place. Um, and uh, he is seen outside the car at at a certain point, and and and. I don't even know if that's actually him at this point. Right. Okay. And then he, he's seen, there's a white SUV that showed up, I think, if I remember correctly. Right. And, and at this point, in, at the time, it was described as having some connection to my brother's car. But at this point, we don't even know that. So there is a, a white SUV that shows up in frame. I have no idea if it has anything to do with my brother or if there's any interaction whatsoever. So at this point, though, it's definitely not right. Something's wrong. Right. And the next day or two, a manhunt begins, basically, in, in the search of your brother and where, what could have happened to him. You guys had some family theories. I mean, now, by, I think it was the next morning you finally had to notify the entire family about what's going on. Now they're all involved. Right. And theories amongst your family begin to rise. Like, did he go back to Canada? I remember you talking about that. Right. He was a member of a... He was adopted by a native tribe in Canada, and he had a, an ID that, in North America at least, is the equivalent of a passport. Um, you can cross borders and fly with one of these, and we thought, well, that would be a pretty great way to make a getaway. And he was very close with these guys, and um, you know, this was a this is kind of a, a place you can go to escape mm-hmm. uh, because these are sovereign territories, right? Um, and the reason we would be thinking all of this, why would he need to escape from what, you know, um, the evening that he went missing, I was told a story of an abduction in 2022 that I had never heard. Um, I am not a witness to any of these events. It's just as related to me by a third party. Um, 
I was amazed by this. I was absolutely shocked, horrified. I mean, my, you know, it, it was just one event after another, right? Horrifying me throughout the night and yeah. then the next day. And then, of course, as a couple of days go by, things begin to surface, you know, about, you know, cryptocurrency challenges or, and, you know, him and being involved with some, some shady things and those kind of things. But you were a business partner with him in that. And if anybody would have known, that would have been you. I remember you talking about that. Like that, that wasn't even an issue. As the story was related to me, the abduction in 2022 was related to cryptocurrency. Oh, that's that, right. And that shocked me because I am his cryptocurrency partner and if, uh, you know, if if he is, if someone is threatening him with regards to cryptocurrency, I am so close to that 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 then that means me. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Once again, if you're just joining us, we're visiting with Richard Forsyth, the brother of the Cassville doctor, John Forsyth, who went missing uh, in May and later found at Beaver Lake. And and what he was just referring to, I kind of forgotten about it was there was a story that did come out that he was kidnapped and released in February of 2022. He was zip tied. It was a very cold night. He was frozen, shaken, and it was very frightening for him in that situation. As related to me, again, I'm not a witness to any of these events, and he never related any of this to me. Yeah, you just found out from a mutual friend that that actually had happened. That's right. Yeah. Wow. So then eight days later, after all this stuff's hitting the news, extensive research, his body shows up at Beaver Lake. At this point, now even more questions arise, Correct. Oh yeah, um, we our family was together for a dinner that evening, and a Missouri State Trooper showed up to tell us that he had been found. And I'll never, yeah, I'll never forget that. Uh, but the next morning, the Benton County Sheriff's Department they issued a statement that he was found with an apparent gunshot wound to the head. Mm-hmm. So now it's pretty clear that we have a murder on our that's happened. Yeah. So what we're going to do is we are going to keep Richard Forsyth here with us. And when we come back, that's kind of recapping up to this point what we know. We're going to talk about what has been discovered moving forward, um, what the latest on the investigation is. And and just for the record, there is no solution. We don't know who did it. Uh, It's still an ongoing investigation. And Richard has been very, very thankful for the Benton County Sheriff's Department, the Missouri State Highway Patrol, and the Cassville Police Department. Uh, very thankful, but we, we do want to find out what he's learned, and we'll do that coming up next right here on Wake Up Springfield. Traffic from the KWTO Traffic Center. We do have reports of an injury crash to the forward block of East Battlefield Road. And that I'm winning by a lot. 93.3 and AM 560. That's why I listen. KWTO. You're listening to Wake Up Springfield with Alex Bryant, Chris Russell, News Director Don Luzader, and Producer Cass Bowen Anderson on 93.3 and AM 560 KWTO. So it's been 108 days since Dr. Forsyth went missing and then eight days later found. And we are speaking with his brother Richard Forsyth here on Wake Up Springfield. And, and Richard, we know that all of your large family has been cleared. That came out not too long after the investigation once they got the phones. So your your family was cleared from any possibility of being involved with this very early on from the from the authorities. We were told by the uh, criminal investigators that they did not suspect family. Right. Um, well, once again, I know that you respect all the investigators and appreciate their hard work, and and, um, and 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 we're looking for closure at some point. You hope that they do are successful, so we don't want to. <clears throat> excuse me, say anything that's going to, to do something that's going to cause a, a challenge with this investigation. We want to make sure that we're 
telling what we know, and they're only going to tell you what they can tell you so that it doesn't impede on that investigation as well. But there are some things that you have questions about what's being told to you. And, and first of all, I know the autopsy has been done, but they have not disclosed the full results of that autopsy yet to you. Is that correct? That's correct. We've uh, applied for a copy of the uh, autopsy report, but it, um, the last we were told, we still await toxicology um, results. So. So they're they're holding back on telling you what they think or where where the entrance and the exit wound were or if there was an exit wound, which I guess there wasn't because you told me they also were able to find out um, what caliber of gun and maybe even what model it was based on 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 the bullet. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. We're told that they um, they believe that they know the the caliber and the um, the manufacturer, not the model. So you've done some investigating into that and and. Do you believe that what they've been able to tell you and cast your criminology background and through college? I mean, doing the ballistics test on on those bullets, does the research you found actually go along with what you think that they were able to tell you about the make and model? I've only looked into it very cursory in a very cursory sense, but um, from what I've been able to find, um, the the information is mixed about just how much you can tell from a bullet. So I really, at this point, I really don't know, but um, the criminal investigators are saying that they they believe what they believe, so I guess I'm just sort of going with that. Yeah. So going back to the autopsy, why for you is it so important that you get a copy of that? What do you want to discover from that? The truth, um, as much as possible since these events occurred, we have just been groping in the dark for anything uh, we can find out about what happened and why. Uh, we, we, we're just so surprised and horrified by all of this um, me especially, I suppose. Uh, there, there is a, a component of wondering if there still is danger, if there's still attention on us from someone who did this or people who did this, and uh, we we don't know if we're in danger. Or besides that, wanting to know why my brother was taken and what happened to him, and uh, it, it is something that is uh, that you just cannot let go of uh, with someone you loved. Uh, you you have to know why and um, and what happened. I, re- I remember when you were a guest last time, you said that one of the things that you were, I mean, almost, it was, it was very emotional, but basically you said, you know, if, if this was, if this happened or if this whole entire thing happened to protect you. I wondered about that. And I, uh, given my proximity to him and the events that are claimed to be relevant to all of this, I, I've wondered if the fact that he told me nothing um, makes me think he was protecting me, and mm-hmm. that's a heavy thing to we're, consider. We're, and if I remember right, you have five sisters, correct? Yeah. And you guys do have dual citizenship, Canada and America. Mm-hmm. All of you, I think? Um, I don't think all of us do. I was born in Canada. Okay. Uh, one of my other sisters was born in Canada. The rest of us were born in America, and some of us still have dual citizenship. I, I'm not sure if we all do. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, it's just, it's a big family. And yeah. were, were any of the other family members as involved in business as you were? Uh, not in this business. Not in that business. Not, okay. None of them were involved in cryptocurrency. In the cryptocurrency. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they've told you the possibility of what weapon it was. They haven't told you the exact location of where the impact was that murdered your, your brother. Uh, it's something that you would like to get closure on. You're, you're trying to figure out, you know, are you still in danger is, I mean, obviously there's a killer out there. I mean, it's plain and simple. 
and we got to be very careful about this next question, but there have been some theories floated around from the investigators, and one of them was maybe he planned this himself. Yeah. But you you're know, adamant that he would never do that. I would like to say that the police have, have maintained throughout this investigation that they do not think that we're in danger, and I don't want to be confused as, as sort of floating that idea. Um, the only reason I mention that is because my brother was murdered, and it's mysterious. Yeah, I have true. no other information to suggest that um, this is just sort of where the the mind wanders when there's no answers. But um, the police wonder if maybe he arranged all this himself. Now, um, they the, have to investigate all theories. By the oh, way, of course, they have course. to they have to throw everything up on a whiteboard. We've all seen it in the crime shows. They got all these theories. They take the strings and they move them across the board and they try to tie all the leads together. But this was one that th- that was thrown out there that you. You said you. There's no way that happened. I, I do not believe it happened. I, I've told the investigators that. Um, I've I've confirmed with them. I've acknowledged to them that. Of course, I don't know everything about him. I don't know every, every thought or feeling he had. Right. He may have been hiding. He clearly was hiding things from Something. me. So maybe he's hiding a lot more. Um, the reasons I don't believe that he arranged this are that he was extremely happy. He was making plans. He and I were making plans. Mm-hmm. Um, he was optimistic. He was. Uh, the last time I saw him was on the 17th. We had a three-hour dinner, and he was the happiest I'd seen him. I said it twice. This is the hap- I'm so glad you're so happy. You seem really great. Uh, he had just proposed. Well, he the following day he proposed to his girlfriend who was pregnant, and he mm-hmm. was excited about this. He mm-hmm. told me he found the love of his life. He 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 was just amazed at his his great fortune, his blessing, and, and having found her. And um, he was planning to go out to see his kids and. Uh, to uh to reconnect with them he was he had plans to reconnect with an old uh friend he uh, he and i had investment plans we were uh, renovating a building together we were so excited about it we talked with he talked with so much enthusiasm and so much specificity about what we were going to do and how it was going to go and uh our our cryptocurrency project together He, he we had specific plans that he was extremely excited about and uh it's just and anyway, besides that, he was a great man. He was a compassionate man. He lived to serve and to help others, and he had so much love. Uh, people who are like that, they don't just dump everything. Yeah. Mm. I Richard. question for yeah. you, Richard. I'm sorry. Um, That's okay. You know, because I got five kids. I'm just thinking about the kids, you know. How old is his kids, if you mind saying, and how are they doing? The kids range from very young to adults. Um, they're... They're struggling. They each have their own personality, and they, they grieve in their own ways, but they're having a very difficult time. We all are. It's, uh, it's, uh, we all feel like we've been gravely injured by these events. It, it, I, I've, I've been through three surgeries in the last year, and it's remarkable how much this feels like post-op. Hmm. It's just the next day after surgery, and you feel like you've been mugged, you know, it just and stabbed. You know, it just, it, the physical side of this, the pain is... It is It is very real. Again, we're visiting with Richard Forsyth, the brother of the Cassville doctor, John Forsyth, who went missing back in, in May and later found in Beaver Lake. Are we going to see this show up on, I know at one point, like like a um, a dateline or anything like that? Is that is that something that we may see in the future? Uh, there's a very real possibility. We've already started shooting a 2020 documentary. Okay. Um, and uh, there are talks with some other investigative shows uh, in fact, commitments. Mm-hmm. Um, until they're done, they're not done, of course. But um, yeah, there are commitments to do this. 
You think this is ever going to get solved? I don't know. Um, I know this. Um, wherever this criminal investigation goes, um, if it is unresolved or partially unresolved by the time that they have to conclude it, then we're going to keep looking for answers. Hmm. Uh, we, we've, as a family, we've talked about hiring uh, private investigators. Right. Um, possibly, I don't know how people do this, but petitioning other other organizations to help us. We, we don't really know what resources are out there and what we can do, but we are not, we're never going to stop looking for answers until we have them. So there you have it. We've been talking to Richard Forsyth. There are really no breaking news, no new updates other than they're still continuing the investigation. The autopsy has been done, but has not been released to the family. Uh, they believe they've identified the make and model of, of the gun that actually murdered his brother. Um, there's no suspects. The family has been completely cleared and it's an ongoing investigation, and they're investigating every possible theory that they can come up with. Is that that's about where we're at? Wouldn't you say, Richard? Uh, they've identified, uh, they believe, the um, caliber of the bullet and the manufacturer, but not the model. No, not as, as to my knowledge. Okay, so the manufacturer and the caliber. Okay, mm-hmm. there you go. Well, Richard, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Uh, we appreciate you coming in, and maybe in a, I don't know, if we get some more updates down the road. We'll get I you back so. in here, and we want to continue to support you and your family thank Thank you you. so much all right it's coming up on eight o'clock and we'll have a news update and weather with uh, our kwto news center on wake up springfield what happens next welcome to the first debate you have ron DeSantis. you've got tim scott you've got mike pence that happens right here i'm the only person on the stage who isn't bought and paid for so i can say this i'm going to stand on the side of life can't we all agree let's deal with the challenge our country is in decline when i'm president the first thing i'll do news analysis opinions you really have to call this an americans someone do something about it 93.3 and am 560 kwto you're listening to wake up springfield with alex bryant chris russell news director don luzader and producer Cass bowen anderson on 93.3 and am 560 kwto it's time for today's top three It's that time of the year. Coming up next weekend, it's the annual Dickerson Park Zoo Brew at the Zoo, Springfield's most exotic beer festival, and it's a, a big fundraiser for Friends of the Zoo. Now, you must be 21 to attend. There's lots of opportunities to have a lot of fun out there. Uh, there's going to have a VIP early access. That is $90, which includes a mug, a lanyard, food voucher for all the food trucks, and some special events happening there on the VIP access from 5 to 6. Then general admission starts at 6. Uh, from 6 to 9, it's $50 a ticket for that. It does not include food, but they're going to have food trucks out there. It's just one of those cool things. And by the way, if you do have a true designated driver, um, that's only a $20 ticket, so that's good to know. So it's it's a fun event. happens each and every year. And back by popular demand this year, the local beer garden on the Tropical Asia Lawn. It's going to be featuring Mother's, uh, Great Escape, Wire Road, all local brewers, and Show Me Brewing. So that's the big brew at the zoo coming up next weekend on september the 16th two well 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 it looks like three of our state's congressmen and women may have picked a horse in the race for missouri attorney general andrew bailey our current attorney general running for election 
he is hitting the DC fundraising circuit. I mean, like the big dollar, $5,000 ticket, $2,500 ticket type of fundraising circuit in our nation's capital. And guess who the three special guests are? Congressman Mark Alford, Congressman Jason Smith, and Congresswoman Ann Wagner. This is significant because both Congressman Jason Smith and Congresswoman uh, Ann Wagner sit on as chairs of committees that are very important to the state of Missouri, Ways and Means, Agriculture, Armed Services, the Ways and Means Chair, Congressman Jason Smith. So that's very interesting that the three of them have basically publicly signed off on Attorney General Andrew Bailey as the pick for Missouri Attorney General moving forward. Big news. Well, Biden's fictional tales have finally been fact-checked by the Washington Post and New York Times. However, they both stopped short of declaring them what they really are. Lies. Lies and more lies. Biden has recent, was recently dinged for embellishing the 2004 kitchen fire in his home while speaking to <laughs> Maui wildfire survivors. He, um, he also has um, raised eyebrows in recent weeks for telling an embellishment story um, while addressing Hurricane Idalia victims in an attempt to relate to people's struggles. Um, this caught the attention of the Washington Post fact checker Glenn Kessler, who he um, wrote Thursday with the headline, Biden loves to retell certain stories. Some aren't credible. That's all he said. Um, notice the way um, these news outlets have found creative ways to refer to President Biden's questionable stories and even outright fabrications. This is quite different from the treatment they gave to former President Trump. Kessler wrote a book about Trump entitled Donald Trump and his assault on truth. The president's falsehoods, misleading claims and flat out lies. I'm very shocked about this one. Said no one ever. <laughs> we'll dive into this a little bit more tomorrow about Biden's lies. Ohio Silver! Away! Don't ever do that again. Sorry. Mm-mm-mm. Well, there's a bigger plan in place, Alex, and we have been talking about it all morning. And that's part of it right there. Allowing the media, allowing uh, all these crazy things that Biden says just to be overlooked. And, and that is something that we're seeing over and over and over. We Nothing have been talking about the pandemic playbook that the Democrats are rolling out right now in an attempt to keep the 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 presidential um, president in the office or get somebody else in there, which is another part of the steps. We've covered three of them. One is the indictments. They lined them up perfectly. They all got together and said, hey, let's get this all figured out so he can, it blocks him from Super Tuesday. It blocks him from attending, you know, the Iowa caucus. Well, I think he gets to attend the Iowa caucuses, but some of the other big primaries, he's going to be tied up in court. So we do that. Second one is, is that we got to get to the pandemic, got to get, get it COVID-19 going again. And then step number three is that we are going to try and remove him, Trump, from the ballots, either nationally or individually by states. We've covered all those. Now we're going to be looking at the push Bidenomics on Americans. Step number four, pushing Bidenomics on Americans that it actually works. This came out earlier this week, and they're sort of comparing it to the last year of Trump during the COVID pandemic of 2020. So convincing Americans that we are in a better state when we all know we're not, Alex. We all know it. And I mean, they're they're trying to talk about Trump's last year, the pandemic. Um, Biden said he created more jobs. Trump was the only mm-hmm. one, one of two presidents that had less jobs when he came in. They're just trying to compare because they know it's all about the economy, stupid. That's what yeah. James Carville said. But the fact is, we all know that our, our utility bills are up. We know that our, our 
you know, our grocery bills are up. We know that our interest rates are up on credit cards. We know everything is rising and our gas bills, everything is climbing right now. And America's disposable income is lower than it ever has been. And the revolving credit is as high it's ever been. So they're going to continue to throw Bidenomics down us that it's working. We as Americans have to be smarter to understand that that's not true. It's another scare tactic. Okay. That's step four. Step five, empower groups to start protesting in the streets and in the cities, make it look as if Trump is reelected again. There's going to be more of this coming. But yet, even though we saw the protest happening, there's a clip out there that we will try to get uh, when we come up in the 835 break. But we want to play for you that really got dives into the the difference between what what the liberals and the celebrities say and what they can get away with. And Alex, what what the conservatives can get away with yeah i mean a lot of these protests um they come from i mean there's some good stuff you know people we have a right to protest and there's things that we should stand up for americans we see things differently and that's okay we have different perspectives right um we should be able to voice those but then we have to come back together and focus on the issues And and these protests a lot of times they just go too far um and it's just to get people that just to not think just to emote in that, in that, and we don't have time before the traffic update, but in that clip, it talks about all the Nancy Pelosi burning it down, all these celebrities, Madonna saying things. But the one that jumped out at me was when Johnny Depp referenced the actor John Wilkes Booth in this clip. And he says, uh, who was the last actor to kill a president? I remember that. You remember that? Oh, yeah. I remember when Donnie, uh, I remember when um, Don, Johnny John, Depp said that. But that was okay. And then we had Kathy Griffin holding up the head of Donald Trump. Oh, that's okay, Alex. Oh, of course. Right? But we're talking about Johnny Depp making fun of the last actor who killed the president, obviously referring to John Wilkes Booth, Abraham Lincoln, who delivered our Emancipation Proclamation January 1st, 1863, and therefore attempting to free the slaves as the commander and the chief of our country. This has been regarded as one of the greatest presidents of all time and done so much to keep our country together. And Johnny Depp says it's okay to make a comment like that. And that is what we're seeing. And this is going to continue to grow. We're going to continue to grow. When we come up a little bit later this morning, we're going to get into steps 6 through 10. And there's more to uncover about the Debbie 3 and AM 560. KWTO. And always streaming at 933kwto.com. You're listening to Wake Up Springfield with Alex Bryant, Chris Russell, News Director Don Luzader, and Producer Cass Bowen-Anderson on 93.3 and AM 560 KWTO. We've been talking all morning about the Democratic pandemic playbook that they're putting in place right now. They pulled it off the shelf, Alex. They said, okay, it's coming up on the fourth quarter. We need to go ahead and get our fourth quarter actions in place to make sure that we do not allow Trump or a conservative candidate to become the president of the United States in 2024. And what I'm going to do is we have five steps we've covered. I'm going to make a, a social media post on our Wake Up Springfield Facebook page later on this morning, kind of highlighting the entire 10-step plan. But let's jump into number six right now. Um, I believe at some point what's going to happen is, is that they, the Democrats, are going to find a candidate that will save America once Joe Biden officially announces that due to, here we go, my quotation marks and my Uh-oh. fingers, due to health reasons, he cannot run again. And when this happens, a savior will be born in the United States of America for the Democrats. Chris, I'm going to say this. I mean, it's becoming more and more, I think, evident to a lot that Joe Biden's not going to finish this term. 
I mean, that's, I mean, you, I don't know what the odds in Vegas would be, but, you know, bet on it. But don't say the name that you are always trying to say. Okay. The guy from Illinois, do not say his name. He is not anywhere near. Okay. Okay. We won't, we won't talk about him, <laughs> but I'm not even sure that. Okay. So, so let's think about this is that we're seeing all these different clips come on the radio. Even Laura Ingram said it last night that she doesn't believe that he's running the country, but who is, who is actually running the country? I think they try to get him all the way to the election. However, he just announces that he is not going to be rerunning for the 2024 candidate as the president of the United States. It would be too big of a shakeup, right? They've got a devil in there right now that they can control. Why would they want to, you know, try to get Kamala in there? Or if he steps down and now she becomes the president and that's a whole nother nightmare mess. I think they, whoever's actually running the country from behind the scenes, Feels like they can continue to do this. They can they can parade him out there occasionally, hype him up with whatever medication they got to to get him through a conversation. Because we know, good and well, you put Joe Biden against any. I'd like to see Joe Biden, Nikki Haley go after it. That would what kind of conversation would that be? I mean, can you imagine the candidate who's portraying herself as the mom out there as our as our candidate, and then all of a sudden she starts talking about all these crazy things that Joe Biden has done to you know shake little girls, talk to them, Ugh. hug them. I saw one the other day. It says, "Hey, you're sexy, but don't tell anybody." He was accidentally being recorded. I didn't have any way to prove that it was real, but it looked real. So, I mean, that's why I really truly feel that what's going to happen is that he will step down. They will have somebody ready to go. And then the liberal media all of a sudden will praise this guy and we will see the biggest conglomeration of, of, of the news media coming together, CNN, NBC, all of them except for one, probably Fox News and a few others. If that happens, who do you think the front runner is? Do you really truly think it's Gavin Newsom? Man, that's, I think, I think so. I mean, is there, I, I, I don't, don't know. know have the, anybody I don't know the Democrats well enough to know if there's somebody sitting in the wings, dude. I mean, they got Gretchen Whitmer. You'll have like you know Newsom. That's he's about the only guy that they have that at this late state in the game at this late stage. And but I we we I don't think they were prepared for Biden not to be able to go the distance. I thought that they were intent on him doing it, but now I think that they see that. Um, remember, because they're setting up um, Newsom to debate Ron DeSantis. That's right. So there's Sean they're Hannity's yeah. going to do that. Oh, yeah. So. I challenge you as listeners out there, you have some homework to do because I don't have time to go through all the different articles out there, but just Google the terms, these terms, Democrats pulling away from Biden, and you'll be amazed at how many outlets and how many news outlets are beginning to have this conversation. Yes, they are. So many stories are saying that he is not going to be the candidate. I think they try to keep him there, and, and, and Alex thinks he bails out before the term's over, so we'll see how that shakes out. Again, that's step number six, but the part, the biggest part of that is, is that Whoever they choose to be that candidate, whoever steps up, and I don't think it's Robert Kennedy Jr. I don't think it's him for sure. I think there's somebody else that we don't know about. You will see a savior born when it comes to the liberal media. Step number seven, some sort of crazy climate issue. Dude, they're fighting this all the time. We heard this morning as you and I were preparing the view, right? You love the view. You watch it every day, right? Every day. Wasn't, uh, what's her name, blaming the, um, uh, I do not watch the view. Okay. <laughs> you had me worried. <laughs> you got you saw that. I was, I was about ready to chuck your book and your man card and everything out the window there, man. Don was over here mouthing to me. Do you not? No, I do not watch the view at all. Well, Those we were, ladies are crazy. Which, by the way, Alex and I and Don, we all get here like at 5 o'clock in the morning. So we're doing our final show prep. We we sh- we prep the day before. We prep the night before. We're checking out the news stories that happen overnight. It's amazing to me. It's 
sometimes we go to bed and we wake up in the morning and, and the whole Putin and uh, South Korea or yeah. North Korea thing breaks, right? Which yeah. we'll be talking in depth about tomorrow. But the thing is, is that this morning you had one of the this outlets on and we were listening to it. Or maybe it was our, our Good Morning News that we had. I can't remember. Talking about somebody on The View blaming Donald Trump yeah. for... The Joy floods, Behart. the floods at the Burning Man yeah, Festival. They, Joy Behart has Trump derangement syndrome bad. She blames him for everything. Sonny is crazy. The only time I really see the view done is when they have clips on. I love it when like Tucker, um, not Tucker, but um, Jesse Waters will like. Yeah, they're just those. Are the only time I see yeah. the view. I, I don't the know. View, the view is best uh, watched when or listened to when uh, there's clips making fun of what they say on yes. the view. They're 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 seriously deranged. Yeah. And that's that's what we're seeing right now is that we're seeing that something's going to come up. There's going to be some sort of climate issue that's going to come out that's going to scare America into believing that a Republican administration this isn't necessarily Donald Trump. This is Republican administration could get even worse. And here's why, because climate change and, and Vivek Ramaswamy talks about the big climate hoax. It's all about money. It's about the the transference of power. They got to get us um, off of fossil fuels. It's to get them on the national stage. They're hoping to move the national stage there. But when you see all this stuff with Putin, with um, China, with um, you know um, North Korea, Iran saying no, we're going to rely on our fossil fuels. I think that that's going to force that's going to push their you know the Klaus Schwab and the Great Reset. It's going to force them because they're not controlling some of these big players who are saying we're not going to go to your climate change hoax crap. You know so. Um, what are they going to do with that? That's been a big old hoax for years now, decades. You know, what's funny is that no matter what the situation is, whether it's the coldest winter on record or the hottest, you know, winter on record, or if it's the hottest summer on record, or if we had a mild winter or a mild summer on record, I found a story from 2015. Boston is used to snow like this, nearly six feet in two weeks. Haven't seen anything like the Civil War. And then they came back and said that was blamed on, you know, the the biggest winter ever they've ever had in, in 2015 in Boston. And they blamed it on climate change right and they they're always looking for something and then we see stories that are coming out of the big apple and we see all these different things that whether the big apple has gone 321 consecutive days without snowfall and they blame that on you know climate change so something's <gasps> going to come out i don't know what that is i i don't know if it's going to be air quality i don't know if it's going to be something along I, I we just don't know but i think something is going to continue to grow when it comes to climate change and we're going to see uh, that come as part of the big plan for the Democratic pandemic, right, of trying to make sure they secure the election for 2024. And I also wonder if climate change doesn't come into play and then that also encourages mail-in ba- more mail-in ballots. Yeah, I, crisis, I don't know. A big crisis, you, you're going to have to yeah. use it somewhere. They've been trying to use it forever. It's, and it keeps working. Yep. Keep going for it. All right, the, the step eight's a big one, and we need to talk about that just a little bit more. Um, this gets into our immigration. It gets into our border control, and there's a lot that I want to talk about. So I don't have time right before our next weather and news and weather update. But so far, just to kind of recap, I'm going to put some of this on Facebook. Number one was the Trump indictments lining up all of the indictments to be in alignments with the Super Tuesdays, the primaries, uh, even the Republican National Convention trying to tie up Donald Trump to be in some sort of court or fighting that battle instead of being on the campaign trail. 
Uh, number two was let's get the COVID pandemic scare tactic going again, right? So they've been doing that. We're seeing that ramp up. We're seeing schools locked down, not locked down, but mask mandates. The conversational mask mandates are happening again. They're ramping up vaccines. We see celebrities getting COVID. Here comes Jill Biden and all and, and Whoopi Goldberg of all people. Step three, uh, using amendment number 14, let's get him off the ballot. You know, if we can, these other tactics don't work, then we'll use the word insurrection as Alex went into detail around um, six o'clock, six or seven, uh, oh five this morning and talked about amendment number 14, getting him off the ballots that way, either nationally or by the state. Step four, where we're going to push binomics, making sure everybody believes that it's working, which it's not. Step six, we're going to find a candidate that will save America, uh, once Joe Biden officially announces and then once that he can't run for health reasons or as Alex predicts, just doesn't finish his term. There will be a savior Democratic person come in and all the media will get behind him and they'll convince America that he can save them. Step seven is the climate issue. There's, they're going to continue to blame climate control on the Republican administration and scare people that way. And when we get to number, number step eight, we talk, start talking about immigration. That's coming up next on Wake Up Springfield. 93.3 and AM 560 KWTO News. KWTO News Time is 8.30 in Springfield this morning. We have sunny skies. Going to be a gorgeous day today. We're looking for a high temperature up around 84 this afternoon. Right now we have some sunshine and 66 degrees in Springfield. We are learning this morning the cause of death for longtime Prices Right host Bob Barker. TMZ was first to report that Barker, who was just 100 days short of his 100th birthday, died as a result of Alzheimer's disease. The death certificate indicated Barker had been living with the disease for some time. Barker was a graduate of uh, then Drury College in Springfield back in the uh, late 40s and early 50s. Even worked at a radio station in Springfield before beginning a long entertainment career in Hollywood. Well, MoDOT says that it will need to close the westbound lanes of James River Freeway to repair a sinkhole. MoDOT will also close both James River Freeway off-ramps from Highway 65 beginning at 6.30 a.m. on September 16th while they repair the westbound lanes between 65 to Glenstone where that sinkhole formed a while back. MoDOT says those repairs should be completed by September the 22nd. And authorities say that 12 people died in traffic crashes over the long Labor Day holiday weekend in Missouri. That's more than last year. Counting period began at 6 p.m. Single penny from any country whatsoever. 93.3 and AM 560. KWTO. The preacher man says it's the end of time. And the Mississippi River, she's a gold grind. You're listening to Wake Up Springfield with Alex Bryant, Chris Russell, News Director Don Luzader, and Producer Cass Bowen Anderson on 93.3 and AM 560. KWTO. Alex said to me right in between the break there, he says, all right, you got to bring this home. Bring it home big, man. I'm like, okay, well, we're going to have some fun with this. We've been talking about the Democratic pandemic that I, we, we've been talking about various capacities of this for the last two to three weeks. And then miraculously, that shows back up on Fox News the next day. I, I, Alex is for sure that they're following Wake Up Springfield each and every day, and then they're getting their news for their evening segments. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. So we, we do have seven steps we've talked about. You can go back um, and look at the podcast later. I'll try to get something on Wake Up Springfield Facebook page later this morning. But number eight, we know that we have a tremendous amount of Im- or migrants crossing the border every single day. Alex, you said somewhere in the last two years, seven million. Is that what you said? Yeah, they're saying seven million. About seven. seven million. That's seven million potential future voters. 
I don't know what this looks like, but as far as is there going to be a way, maybe not the ones that are coming over like right now, you know, but ones that have been here for a little while, rolling out some sort of plan in the big cities that provides one, them with sustainable lives, which makes their families, makes their country people happy. Right. We're talking about people from not only Mexico, but Venezuela, Guatemala. We've had them coming from all over, even um, what they call Slavic countries. We've seen some some immigration coming in from Slavic countries. Over 140 countries. Yeah, over 140 countries that are coming through the border as fast as they possibly can. And if they can figure out a way to get them into a fast pass of voting, then then I think that's what they're looking at. Which, by the way, by the way, this this makes no sense to me. So if if they're ramping up step number two, which was COVID-19, it's back, baby, right? That's what they're trying to tell us. Well, then why in the heck? One of the very first things that we did in 2020 was we shut down the borders. Remember, you couldn't come into this country and we couldn't go into other countries either. We couldn't leave. Yeah. People couldn't come in. It was I get that. I totally understand. We didn't know about the virus, but if the pandemic or the COVID pandemic is real again, if they're really wanting us to believe that all these numbers are rising and Joe Biden's got to wear a mask as he runs around the White House and Joe Biden's getting COVID, then why aren't they shutting down the borders or at least requiring the vaccinations to get in? They just said on the news earlier today that in New York, all these 19,000 students who are going back to school in New York schools they are not going to require them to have a vaccine, a vaccine to go to school, but they're going to make our American kids have a vaccine. So there's some crazy stuff there happening. I'm telling you, this is a pandemic, and it's crazy. It just doesn't make any sense to me. All right? just doesn't make any sense. But here's the deal. I think they are going to try to figure out a way to to get them legal to vote. I don't, I'm not a lawyer, so please, please forgive me. I read this last night. I prepped it. I went through it. I looked through most of it. Did you know March 7, 2021, there was an executive order issued on promoting access to voting? We're talking what? A month and a half since he was inaugurated, right, Alex? About a month and a half since the, the two months, three months since the election was ratified yeah. and considered to be his. And we saw what happened on January the 6th. But a month later, they come out with an executive order on promoting access. And one of the provisions in there, I read, one of them was ways to promote and expand access to multilingual voter registration and election information. So therefore, understanding it in Spanish or whatever other language and to promote equal participation in the electoral process for all eligible citizens all of all backgrounds and whether consistent with applicable law, any identity documents issued by the agency to members of the public can be issued in the form that satisfies state voter identification laws. Yeah. Well, you've seen states like California try to do it, try to get them vote in some of the local elections and um, state elections and boom might as well vote in the national election i guarantee there's somebody behind the scenes right now trying to figure out whether it's this part of the document or adding to the document or some other loophole and some of the law they are trying to figure out a way to get some of these yeah. people the, the ability to you vote. see it happen give them a driver's license or ids and then you know let them vote in the local stuff because it affects them and it just keeps on trickling upward it's right there. Whether consistent with applicable law, any identity documents issued by the agency to members of the public can be issued in a form that satisfies state voter identification laws. It's crazy. Um, I may be reaching here, and for the, our country's sake, I really hope I am. That's number eight. Number nine. Due to the pandemic or climate change or something, they are going to want to make it very acceptable and very open to mass mail-in ballots again. That's what they did last time. It's what they did, and it worked, and, it, and I think they're going to want to bring it back. I have seen some reports where 
Republicans have, have, and I don't know, I think it may be reverse psychology that basically they said, yeah, let's do them. That sounds good. That way we can get our Donald Trump guy in there, right? We'll go ahead and get him voted in now before all these indictments come out. And that'll also make it to where, um, because of health reasons, if Joe Biden for some reason stumbles um, across the finish line and tries to go for another one, um, well, he can't go out and debate because it's a health crisis right. and we don't want any, you know, we don't want to spread the flu or we don't want to spread COVID. So he's just going to stay in his basement again. And then they just depend on the media to just bash Trump with all these indictments. You're not going to vote on a, go vote for a guy who's been indicted so many times, are you? You'd be stupid to do that. And then friends start telling other friends that. And that's what they do. And then they get the TikTok influencers, social media. They hide stuff. They start to hide the Joe Biden, Hunter Biden stuff, the, the Biden crime family syndicate. It's all their, their plan from last year. Alex, what's sad is that you and I, we, we've talked about this a lot on and off the air, a lot of these different aspects. But what, what's, what's really scary, even like with the South or South Korea, but North Korea and, and China and Putin thing going on. What's really scary is that this is what we can find on the Internet. What we really don't know is happening behind the scenes. That's the scary part about all this. It really, truly is. We're seeing that start to uncover itself with the Hunter Biden stuff now. And they're trying to push that back to the side. I mean, yeah. it's just nuts. You got to know how to put it all together. You got to know what you're looking for. And that's one of the reasons why we do this show. I mean, we, mm-hmm. we dig. We dig news, analysis, and opinion. That's right. So going back, before we get to number 10, I'm going to go back and read the original quote we gave from the book uh, that you shared with us yesterday, Alex, but it's from Vivek Ramaswamy. One way to steal from people is to distract them from what you're doing. The safer way is to bore them. Then they will distract themselves. Leave the politics and the financial stuff to the experts, but the things you ignore will eventually come back and affect you. So pay attention. Yeah. And these 10 steps that we've been talking about, nine so far, it is, it's kind of right in alignment with that statement from his book. And we're seeing a lot of this unfold every day on the news, every day on social media. I mean, there's conspiracies out the wazoo when it comes to things like Lahaina, when it comes to things like, uh, just other th- UFOs for crying out loud. But here's the one that I have. I have the biggest question for our group today. So if none of this works and the Republicans are still moving forward, and it looks like Trump's fought all the battles and, and made it through the, through, through the trenches and was able to campaign, even though he was in courts and, and, and tied up in litigation and those kind of things. And he still comes out as the tr- front runner, or even if he steps down and DeSantis comes in and then they put a new candidate in there, right? But if none of that's working and they're still polling like they're going to lose, what crazy thing do you think they'll come up with next? This is where we use our imaginations. I mean, what could they do? I mean, we, we, and you say yeah. that can't happen. Well, guess what? COVID happened in 2020 and we were moving into 2019 with one of the best economies we've ever had in the history of this country. Yeah. One of the only things that we kind of maybe left off is their, their good old, fashion um we are the only ones that aren't racist don't vote for them because they're racist i mean they've been using that for years um everybody that the republicans have pushed out for president they're racist george bush Mm -hmm. was racist Mm because he didn't go to you know katrina and mitt romney was racist because he pointed out that 70 percent of all black kids are born out of wedlock and you know um you know obviously you know um john mccain was a racist he's an old white guy you know and then definitely trump he talked about the mexicans and so he's racist so vote for us. We're not racist. Gosh, we forgot about the racism card. Well, they always put that out there. Dude, that's that's like, that's like the true step 10. I mean, step 10 was meant to be kind of fun and lighthearted, like, okay, none of this works. What are they going to throw out there next? But the truth is there are 10 things, and racism is the is the 10th step. Always, because then, you know, hey, white wow. people be quiet. Don't talk to your friends. You know, especially white guys. You guys should be quiet the most because 
you guys are white supremacists. You know, you guys don't care about black people and be quiet. So, and hey, black people, brown people, we're the only ones that are looking out for you. So vote for us. Boy, we've had a crazy show today. But of all the things that happened, talking to Richard Forsyth, talking about the 10-step pandemic, dude, you got some Walter Payton cards this morning around 545. I that's, handed you some Bears cards, That's man. the deal right there, dude. My hey. Bears cards. Don, did you see those? He gave me a I stack didn't. of those. I mean, I saw him hand them to you. I can't wow. let you touch and them. And they're all Bears? Yeah, they're, I, can't, I, I would let you wow. touch them, but I can't trust no, you. No, I, I, I gave you some old school Bears. Jim McMahon? Yeah. Yep. He's, look, he's there. on the front. He's on the cup right there. Look at that. Oh, there he is. Yeah. It's going to be fun. All right. You don't know about that. Fun. Cass is like, who? <laughs> oh, she found out this morning. She told us that she finally figured out where Dub Bear's skit came from. And oh, I yeah. Was, yeah, oh. I thought that that was just like an Alex Bryant special, but apparently not. Let's go with that. I like the Alex Bryant special. Dub Bears. Yep. <laughs> we got Dub a few bears. more quick stories to get to. Uh, it is 845. We got traffic update next with Don Luzhater on Wake Up Springfield. Traffic from the KWTO Traffic Center. Another busy, another busy morning in traffic on Springfield streets. At least you don't have that rain to worry about this morning. There is a stalled vehicle in the 3100 block of South Golden Avenue. Other than that, looking pretty good. Other than that, road work and lane. These that have literally lit the pilot light on the worst inflation in 40 years. I'm worried we're going to be stuck with Biden. KWTO. You're listening to Wake Up Springfield with Alex Bryant, Chris Russell, News Director Don Luzader, and Producer Cass Bowen-Anderson on 93.3 and AM 560 KWTO. It's time for The The Morning Morning Dump. Dump. Well, man. Well, there you have it. We've had it. Man, it's been a great show. Um, Man, Chris, great work on the the 10 steps of the democratic pandemic playbook. Um, that was awesome. The interview with Richard Forsyth was really good there. Yeah. A lot of good yeah. stuff going on. Brenda talent, Dr. Tobler. Well, I, I tell you that the 10 steps just come from conversations you and I've been having research that you've done research that we see that's unfolding in front of our eyes. And it's just, it's just sad and it's scary. And at the same time, we need to be aware of it and yeah. we need to be paying attention. So. Putting it all together. But you know, yep. let's, let's do this. We got a lot of just quick hitters for the morning. Mm-hmm. Dump. Let me give you this first one. Um, um, a big shout out to former Missouri quarterback, Chase Daniels. What did you know that he's calling it quits after, um, I don't know what, t- 10, 12 years. What a, a perfect yeah. career. Is yeah. He was, that guy had he had it he this is the deal with him he's um, going into media he said but you'd be hard pressed to find a quarterback who's earned more money per pass attempt than chase daniels he earned 41.8 million in his 14 year career with seven different teams and he guess how many games he started <laughs> don you want to guess how many games he started in his nfl oh career? my goodness a lot you think? None? No, I, I'm going to go here. I'm going to say, no, sorry, uh, I, I don't want to look at notes. Don't look at um, notes. I'll put it in here. I'm going to give it to you. You got three seconds, too. Ten. Five games. Five. So well, he was really never a number one. He's never a number one. Yeah. yeah, no. So, I mean, you know, he just, they, I mean, they, he's a valued, you know, backup veteran guy. Um, You know, he, you know, helped young guys like Justin Herbert, Mitch Trubisky, Carson Wentz. Mm-hmm. And so, but 14 years and he's from M-I-Z. Z-O-U. Chase Daniels, congratulations. Yeah, he's the one that uh, me and some guys went to watch him. Oh, Lordy, it was a quarterback for OU. He was real popular back when Mizzou, and then he went off to play for the Rams. Come on, guys. He had a horrible career. 
He was a quarter, uh, I think a Heisman candidate maybe, but anyway, OU right. versus MI Mizzou went down to San Antonio, got to see game day. Right. We went down to watch Chase Daniel his senior year. Pretty cool. <laughs> he, he's one of the reasons why they got that stadium. I mean, he brought a, I mean, SEC, you know, brought, helped usher Mizzou in the winning with, came in the SEC and all that money came with it. Yeah. You know, speaking of football, this is a this is gonna be fun to watch because you know we, we're gonna be watching the game tomorrow night, and I know I'll be watching games this weekend along with every other red blooded American. Um, it looks to me like the Biden administration is gonna be running TV commercials during the game tomorrow night. There's gonna be some ads running um, in Michigan when the Detroit Lions take on the Kansas City Chiefs. So we're going to see it in different markets. So you not, may not, we may not see it here locally, but it, we, they are going to be seeing them in their local markets. So the Biden administration is thinking that NFL fans will support him in 2024. What do you think about that, Alex? No, no, huh. no. There's your answer. Hey, can I stick with the football theme for a moment? Of course. So the Ozarks Lunkers have announced their inaugural football season schedule in 2024 as a part of the new Arena League. Uh, this is a, a six uh, on six arena style football, which is definitely uh, different than your normal football that you're used to seeing. So the Ozarks Lunkers will embark on their inaugural season with a schedule of games starting with their home opener on June 1st. And you're going to love some of these nicknames. On June 1st, they're going to take on the Waterloo Woo. W O O, the Waterloo Woo. Here we go. Woo Woo. At the uh, Wilson Logistics Arena at the Ozark Empire Fairgrounds. Lunkers owner uh, Mark Burgess says that the match is sure to set the tone for the season ahead and that they're so excited to bring professional football here to the Ozarks. So then the team will have a week's rest on June the 8th before returning to their home turf on June 15th to face off against the Duluth Harbor Monsters. They will then take their uh, team on the road to battle Waterloo, followed by a match against the Kansas City Goats on June the 29th. And then in July, they'll return home on the 6th to square off against Duluth again, followed by a home match against Kansas City. They'll then hit the road for their final regular season games in Duluth and Kansas City. The first inaugural season of Don, Ozarks Lunkers football. How many teams are in this league? I don't think there's that many, is there? Well, they're going to be playing a total of one, two, three, four teams, okay. it looks like. Well, it's a good start. You know, when they launched that, I actually got to go to the uh, announcement they had up there at uh, one of the car dealers yeah, in town. Yeah, there too. Yeah, remember that? And Tim Brown was there. Of course, he's a part of this uh, mm-hmm. activity. And I actually got his autograph uh, on one of his rookie football cards, which you're not getting that because he's a Raider, Alex. So you don't get any Raider cards. Nope. Um, I, I'm anxious to see where it goes. I will say this. The facilities that they're building out there at the Ozark Empire Fairground they are nice, mm-hmm. and and it is going to be nice addition to the Ozarks. Not only is it going to house this, but you know we're talking rodeos, concerts. Uh, it's a really it's an in between mix between you know O'Reilly Center to you know the uh, um, the John Great Southern. They changed the names. Yeah. Great Southern. I'm gonna say Juanita K. I always want to say that or John Q. Hammonds, but the Great Southern Arena. So it's nice to have that out. They're there. investing, that's for sure. So. Hey guys, on this date in history, September 6th, 1997, Princess Diana, she was um, eulogized at her funeral at Westminster Abbey. So remember, she was only 36 years when she died in that car crash. I still remember it. And uh, man, she was eulogized on this date in history in 1997. So Hmm, interesting. 
Well, there's a lot of fall festivals this time of year. I mean, there's a ton. And if you want to go, there's there's a lot of them to go to. It's not hard to find lists out there on the Internet and stuff like that. But I know, like, this weekend, a big one's happening out in Seymour. It's their... Um, Apple, but no, that's that's. I wanted to say that's Asheville. That's apple I, that's, butter making days. Yes, I'm thinking of. Um, oh my gosh, it just it just I just it just it just went out of my brain. And Mount Vernon. Well, that's the Mount Vernon one, but I'm trying to think yeah. what's happening in the Apple Festival. Ash, the Apple, apple Festival, Festival, Festival this Seymour, weekend. Yeah. Yes, and they have a big festival out there. They have a lot of things going on when it comes to parades and craft vendors. Also, this weekend, uh, you're going to see the Harvest Fest happening out at Springfield St. Elizabeth and Seton's Church. So they have a big. Harvest Fest each and every year. And, of course, also the Japanese Fall Festival is this weekend. And there's going to be sumo wrestling out there. So they've got in uh, three uh, American sumo wrestlers who are going to be on display. And that's happening this weekend. And that's at the Nathaniel Green Park out there on Grant Street. So lots of festivals happening. And, of course, just about every weekend from here all the way to Christmas, there's something going on for you and your family to enjoy. So who else has got something for the morning dump today? Guys, any other stories, news? Well, I, I mentioned it at eight thirty, but just want to uh, mention again that uh, the cause of death for Bob Barker has been released, and it's been reported now that he had Alzheimer's disease and had been battling it for years. Although it didn't say how many years, uh, hypertension and high cholesterol were, were also listed as other significant conditions on uh, his death certificate. He died a hundred days short of his one hundredth birthday, and of course. Even though he's not from Springfield, uh, we kind of claim him because he went to high school here and attended mm-hmm. Drury University on a basketball sh- scholarship. And heck, he even has a street named after him, Bob Barker he Boulevard, uh, yeah. over on, around the Drury campus. So we continue to remember Bob Barker, and um, and Alzheimer's disease is a very horrible disease. I've personally known people who have been affected by it, and uh, and but you know he he lived a long life and a very good life. Yes, he did. So. Hey, I got good news for you guys. Just in case President Biden will not be able to go the distance, Vice President Kamala Harris, she said in an interview yesterday that she's ready to fulfill her constitutional duty to assume the presidency should President Biden be unable to govern as questions around his health. Isn't that swell? (laughs) You guys don't see Is there some sarcasm? Uh, she says she's ready, Cass. Yeah. I'm ready. I think it almost if be indeed, worse. Uh, if time comes, I will be ready, and ready I will be to become the next <laughs> president of the United States. I think States. it's a matter of readiness, quite really. I mean, <laughs> the time must be ready. The time has come when the coming with the passage of time, when <laughs> oh time God. passes, the yes. passing of it, I will be passed. Yeah. Thank you, Ms. <laughs> <laughs> well we okay. are coming to the end of our day we had a great day today lots of information oh alex you got one more you yeah, got yeah, more yeah, what yeah, else yeah, you got yeah. man so yeah i want to give a shout out we have um a 12 week we've been talking about the biblical citizenship uh-huh. and there's going to be a 12 week class it's open to the general public okay um and um it's at going to be at life 360 church in chesterfield starting tonight at 7 p.m um so man our christian roots in america have been purged out of the educational system. Um, you know, there's 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 opportunity for us to learn and grow. We've been having these biblical citizenship classes um, nice. going around, and so um, yeah, it starts tonight at 7 p.m. at um Life 360 Church. Go there, check it out, Chesterfield campus. 12 weeks biblical citizenship. That's the dealio. All right. Uh, tomorrow, we got guys like Kirk Elmquist talking about Branson Tourism and Development and the, the Kansas City Chiefs. We'll be talking football. We got Kevin Weaver and the Warriors journey going to be on the show, plus Dakota Wood 
Lots more to go tomorrow, so you're going to want to tune back in to Wake Up Springfield from 5.30 to 9 each and every day. Also, don't forget to check out our Facebook page. Uh, you can check out our Instagram. Also, follow us on Facebook at Wake Up Springfield. And, of course, you can go back and listen to today's show at 933kwto.com. All right, Gary Nolan is next. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you have an outstanding. What today is What today is it, Alex? Hump day. Hump, Hump day. day. Hump day. Thank you for watch, watching. Thank you for watching. The new KWTO with Wake Up Springfield. Oh, my goodness. There's such a good pitch for Vivek Ramaswamy because he's got all of the intelligence and business okay. prowess so, that Trump has. I agree none with of the you. drama. I agree with that. And that's 20% of the American voters. You think the Iowa farmers are paying attention to Vivek? Here, I Wait, can prove you think- it to you, though. I can prove it. Uh, cash, because cash, 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 cash. Cash.